Oi. You lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 161. On tonight's episode, David heads Alex Gonzalez back again, which is great. He seems to be on quite a bit. Let's hope it stays that way. And then, the two of them are going to talk about the newest installation of those evil, rotten, chaos gits, Disciples of Zinch. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next few hours, I'll be doing the best I can to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms. Bringing you the Kyrick Acolytes, the Demons of Zinch, and the Architect of Fate himself. I'm Dave Witek, and with me tonight, as the Master Engineer said, is Alex Gonzalez. Alex, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Absolutely excited about tonight. Tonight is a great show, folks. Lots of exciting stuff going on tonight. Uh, but before we jump into the excitement, as always, we got to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer. And those are Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Mercia Miniatures, that's M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures.com. Six Squared Studios, Six Squared Studios, Six Squared Studios, Six Squared Studios. Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. That's right, yes, yes. <laughs> and Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. I suck at that. <laughs> I, don't have the, I don't have the baritone. Yeah. That. It comes from being big barrel-chested Polish man like me. Army, yeah. So, ah, uh, all right. Um, so, um, not too many emails. Got a couple very nice people sending in, you know, things. Um, but uh, what I really wanted to let everyone know is that we've got voicemail. Did you know we have voicemail there? I I did actually. <laughs> but what's the number? I can never remember. The number is one seven five seven G H show six. That's one. 757-GH-SHOW-6. International callers in most countries. Dial 00 and then 1. 757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 441-4696. We got another voicemail. That's why I bring it up. We did get one. Would you like to hear it? Is that really a question? It is a question. You don't really have an option, but it's a question. Okay. I'm going to play it now. Do you listen to Garage Hammer? Do you like Dave? Do you think Lindsay is sexy? If so, why haven't you left a voicemail? Dave's all alone in his basement talking to a hockey puck. And you can't pick up your phone and leave the poor a message? I don't play AOS. I've never played AOS. I barely listen to any of the discussion about AOS. But I still tune in to see what's going on with Dave. And, of course, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. So what's your excuse? Call and leave a message. And while you're at it, donate a bucket to Patreon. Give the man a break. Leave him a voicemail. Drop a tip in the jar. Well, that's that. Yeah, there's no question about who that is. That is definitely the cranky lawyer. The crankiest of all cranky lawyers. Get a little extra crank on that one. Yeah, we're going to have to... Yeah, the, the cuckoo was working overtime on that message. Yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't realize he was uh, that vehement today. So it happens. I guess. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, you know, a lot of times here we either talk about things for voicemail or some of the listener feedback that usually goes on the Garage Hammer forum, but there is no longer a Garage Hammer forum. So I just want to remind everyone that the show is now uh, posting its show thread for any forum goers at tga.community, the place to go for Age of Sigmar forum goodness. Uh, ben Curry has started it, and I, th- I think there's literally thousands of people. Who oh, are. yeah. It's massive. Yeah. I mean, if you play AOS, you should be signed up there. There's tons going on. Um, and that's where the show threads are, as well as lots of other really good Age of Sigmar podcasts that you could find and listen to after you listen to this one. After you listen to this one. Um, so go check it out at TGA.community, and uh, that uh, would be awesome. Uh, I think that's about it, really, for uh, our little our little bit of intro here. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come right back with uh, news and rumors. And uh, after we go through some of the news, because there is quite a bit, uh, we're going to jump into the Disciples of Zinch. Um, Games Workshop was kind enough to get us a copy to take a look at and so here only days after it's been released you have uh, a garage hammer review so hope you enjoy it we'll be right back That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Yes, we are. Back with the news and the rumors. Well, not too many rumors, but news. It's more of the Garage Hammer news. Why do I keep calling it news and rumors? Because old habits die hard, and that's the 150 episodes of old habit that I had back there before we started calling it the Garage Hammer news. Um, Before we jump into the news, though, I just want to remind everyone about uh, the Patreon uh, that Cranky mentioned. Uh, Patreon.com slash Garage Hammer. Um, I want to thank everybody who has joined up and is supporting the show. Uh, I'm actually, every time I go onto the Patreon, I'm shocked at how many people are really jumped in and have supported the show. Um, if you think that this is something you'd like to support, please go and check it out. Take a look at it. Uh, I mean, seriously, it's like a tip jar. Uh, every time we put out an episode, you give us a tip, anything, 50 cents, a dollar, whatever. Whatever you think it's worth, if you have, if you feel like it, if you don't, not a big deal. 
Um, we are getting close, though, Alex, uh, to the to our biggest and last. I guess you'd call it it's not. It's not a stretch goal; it's just a goal uh, of bringing <clears throat> back bringing back Garage Gamer, um, which would which be, is very exciting. It's it's kind of cool. You know, it'll cover all sorts of stuff. It's you know one more episode during a month um, that uh, I do basically with whomever. You know, I know if we do that, I know. Um, like Brian Steele is ready and willing to come on. We've got some guys who want to come on and, and talk a whole episode about Blood Bowl. Um, we've got, I mean, just all sorts of stuff. And, you know, talk movies, talk Gen Con, talk all, anything that's not directly AOS uh, would would be would be there. So, pretty cool stuff. And I'm excited. I'm just I'm I'm surprised every time someone comes in and joins in, and and very pleased. So thank you all very much for your help with that. Um, and so now on to the Garage Hammer news. Um, okay, so by the time everyone's hearing this, the book's already out. If, in fact, as we're recording this, you know, the book is coming out, I think, today or tomorrow. Yeah, um, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, as are the Kyric Acolytes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now this is, this is an amazing box set. First of all, 20 models for 50 bucks. Yeah, and they're gorgeous... <laughs> Multi-pose, tons of options. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, full disclosure, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a box right now because they wanted to show us these new things. God, these guys are big and buff and awesome looking with their masks mm-hmm. and, the, and the shields. And they come with basically, I mean, okay, so you can have the guy with the hand weapon and shield or the two hand weapons. Or the big double-handed hand weapon, um, or uh, you've got the. Uh, then there's extra guys. You can have um, the guy with that comes with the Volkaric or Volkark, which is the weird, yep. crazy, bizarre vulture thing, mm-hmm. uh, which has its own ah! set of rules. If you're near yep. anybody, oh, doggy. If you're near anybody who uh, casts magic, it may just may just run out and give him a mortal wound. Um, and then you've got the Adept with the Scroll of the Dark Arts, which looks so cool. Oh, yeah. There's just so... There's a free hand opportunity right there. Oh, yeah. Because it's a huge scroll, and it's just, like, all laid out right there. Mm-hmm. But this, I mean, this whole... I mean, so many bits. So much good stuff. And, like, 20 models for 50 bucks. And that's, you know, uh, that kind of surprised me, too. I was like, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, if these are, like, the... Dwarves or the Fire Slayers when they came out, it was ten for fifty bucks. Now you're getting twenty for fifty bones, and that honestly is a great size unit. Or it's two units yeah, if you I really mean, the, wanted to. Minimum size so. is ten. Yeah. So, although if I were if I was playing, you get bonuses if you've got extras. So I would I would probably want about two boxes of these things. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but even then, two boxes is that's a, you know that's forty models. So it's that's a lot of stuff there. It's just it's it's this whole release, everything that you look at in this book, every model, every bit looks so cool. What else is coming out this week? Uh, some of the repacks, the Gaunt Summoner is going to be is still available. Uh, the Algroid Thaumaturge, he's like forty one <laughs> bones. Uh, yeah, he's, he's huge though. Yeah, it's a big. He's I mean he's as big as any as any uh, uh, you know Ogre character. Uh, possibly yeah. larger. He's big. 
He's he's a big piece. Uh, and now you can get him without having to go on eBay and buy him in, in bits from people who 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 are selling pieces off the uh, off the silver tower set. People are paying a lot of money for these individuals too. Now you can just get them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And really, if you don't own the silver tower box, you really should. But but you'll still want great... more than one of that anyway. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Because it's because he's he's beast, but we'll get to that later again too. Um, they repurposed village. It's no longer just village the cursling. They're just curslings. Mm-hmm. They're doing a good job with that. Like, you know, they dumped all these character models, these named characters. And it's like, what do we do with all these, you know, models we have that have names? You know, because very few things survived. You know, the destruction the of the old world. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of, well, it's a lot of the chaos demon things did because they're chaos demons. You know, they just go mm-hmm. back home. But uh, now there are all sorts of curslings. Basically, if you learn too much magic, you could get a magical cancerous tumor that grows up to talk to you and whisper in your ear and send you off to do the will of Zinch, which of, of course you would. You know, because why wouldn't you? <laughs> Makes perfect sense. But that's not even it. So now, now I, I did see. Now someone on our, on our Facebook page asked the question. They're like, "Is anyone kind of underwhelmed with this? Because you know it's, it's supposed to be, you know, January and and you know it's halfway through the month and you know it's three weeks in when we get just a book and one new model, uh, you know, and it, they're really just all pretty much repackaged. None of it's really new. And I'm like, you know, I, I just. First of all, the fact that you can buy them all individually is great, but then look what's coming up. And I think that's partly is that you know people didn't really know, you know, yeah. what's coming I out. Think, I think it would be different if they had all the model releases in January, but we're still getting a new battle tome that is huge, plus a bunch of new model kits. And this book itself just opens up so many ways, and then we... We get a new Lord of Change, finally, instead of that little tiny thunder chicken. This is like a real proper demon now. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it did take He's time. He's supposed to be as big as uh, Archeon, isn't he? He's not that big. I think he's on the scale with Magnus the Red. Um, so he's going to be big. Like, there's no question he's huge. Um, but I don't know if he's, you know, Archeon big. I don't know if... He really is going to get that tall. He'll probably be about the size of a Lariel, if I had to take a guess. Um, but still, that is a big, big bird. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very big. Um, but here's but look at now we're looking at this, and you've got I know Ben Curry's been talking about all the new, um, all the new you know the the different models and the or the going over some of the War Scrolls. You got that Lord of the Ki- Lord of Change Kairos duels dual kit that you just mentioned because it also makes Kairos Fate Weaver. Uh, the changeling has been redone, and it looks really cool. I think that, isn't that a new model? It is. The old changeling looks kind of weird. I didn't like. I know there are some people that have that really like the old changeling. This guy looks a lot more ominous, a lot more spooky. Um, so I don't. Know, I think he fits kind of his job better if he looks like that instead of just a bro kind of doing the right shuffle or something. Um, <laughs> So you get that, and then we have the Zangors coming out, which is another great kit. It's probably going to be along the same lines with the Acolytes, but I think it's just $10, or 10 boys for 35 or whatever. 
Um, but then you get uh, Zangors on the discs to do either the Enlightened or the Skyfires. So there's and another then, dual kit. Then you get the Zangor Shaman, who I, that might actually be in part of the same. I don't know if you can make him out of that kit or if he's going to come separate. I'm guessing he'll come separate. Yeah, I think he's a separate bit. Um, so that way you can just make the one. You get the Blue Horror and Brimstone Horror pack. Which is just adorable. <laughs> I mean, they're and I, so. Cute. And I hope, I hope that because I haven't seen anything for it, I'm hoping that the blue horror kit is a, is its own kit. It's not just pink horrors painted blue because they're supposed to be no. a little smaller. Yeah, they're proper blue horrors and brimstone horrors, Ugh. like how you got out of the silver tower. Right. See, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. But so all of this stuff, and yes, the blue horrors and the brimstone horrors, you could say that they're repackaged stuff from the silver tower kit, but there was never enough in the silver tower kit to do this, packaging them up in, in, in you know large quantities so that you could play them in the game. is It's new. It is new. It's, it, yeah, it and counts these are as new. Yeah, new sculpts, too. Yeah. I mean, this is super exciting. There's a bunch of new kits, and you're getting to play what, which, which, what feels like a new army to me. Oh yeah, this is definitely new. I mean, I am no, I am, I am no, uh, you know, super knowledgeable Zinch player. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, Nurgle's always been my favorite of the Chaos Gods. Um, but I'm reading this book, and I'm just kind of. Flipping out over all of this stuff that's going to be coming out. I mean, because every yeah. model looks sharp. Now, um, I did have something that was pointed out to me, and I was just like, oh, I didn't even see that. Because when I looked at the Lord of Change, I was so busy looking at the neck and the and the face and the, the cool legs with the little greaves on and the stuff on the body. Uh, I, what I didn't notice was on the wings. And I got to say, all those eyes on the wings, I hope those, are th- those aren't. It's like sculpted onto the wings. I hope those are things you have to add on, because mm-hmm. much like much like the much like the snowflakes on the frost phoenix, and much like the 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 corn uh, mark stamped the... all over the bloodthirster, the eyeballs all over the wings. They just they don't they that that's if if I had if I had uh, a criticism. Lose the eyeballs on the wings. That's 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 me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, you know the rest of it. I think is cool. The the twisty staff, all the all the, you know, the, all the feathers and all the, the 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 bends and twists in him. That that, that sort of skexies almost, <laughs> you know. Yeah, bendiness to him. It, it's great. I just once now that I saw it, and I'm like, oh, there's so many of them on there. They just don't make sense, especially on the joint where there's that big eye. On the joints, in the wings, that that bothers me. See, but. there you go. So uh, we agree on that. Um, yeah. But other than that, there's so much good here. There's so oh, much yeah. cool stuff that's coming on, that's coming up. Um, I, I mean, that's that's the news. And I mean, I guess technically the kits are rumors because we don't have dates for them, and all we have are the pictures in the in the book. Um, yeah. Mama Lucia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um I, I don't know. That I don't know what else to say. You know, <laughs> you know, lots of zinch coming and boy am I am I okay with it. It's it's this is this wasn't what I was really expecting right off at the start of the year. I really thought they were gonna go with a uh start another start a new campaign. Let's roll the new campaign. But now all I can guess is now that they've rolled out the new enemy 
Now we have the enemy for the new campaign. Yeah. So new campaign, hopefully sometime soon, because that that's what I kind of want to see. I mean, I know everybody wants their Steam steam driven Duarden and their or the dispossessed I should say and uh, their elves but uh, I want to see where the story's going that's the rest of that will mm-hmm. start to filter in it's going to be so good so good yeah no I'm excited now we do have one uh, one more bit of news and we'll cover that and uh, Alex I think you've got this one so why don't you take this last bit of news sure um so for those that have been listening, um, I've been on quite a bit over the last year um, as Dave has been searching for a co-host, um, and I really appreciate the opportunity to have been on the show as many times as I have. Um, and then in between recording our last episode with Rotor um, for the 2016 year interview um, and this recording, uh, Dave has asked me to come on and be the new permanent co-host for the Garage Hammer podcast, um, which is an absolute honor. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited for the opportunity to contribute to uh, one of the best AOS podcasts out there. Oh, and thank you. And, and I, I hope this means you're saying yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd be stupid not to. Um, but well, this I'm flattered, is, but... yeah, I mean, I'm, I know I have the face for radio. I hope I have the voice for radio, and I hope I can contribute um, but this is really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to where we go with this podcast now. I am too, because uh, now we've got someone who, and I- I'm excited because you are, you are, you you are a really good player. You have the tactical mind, you have that strategy. You you tend to win, you know, which is a good thing to have yeah. when you're talking show. But. You've always been, I mean, back from when I first met you at Core Competency, that first day I met you when I brought in my list and gave you my, my $15 or whatever it was, um, you've always been story-driven in your, in your, in your games. Um, you've always liked the stories. Um, I remember sitting around, you joking around, you, you know, I, I only play, I only play, uh, I only play goblins because those are the guys. It's like you always had the, everything had to be, you know, centered around story for you and that really you know i need the show needs someone who's good at actually playing the game but the 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 true fit is the good player and a guy who cares about the fluff not just a guy who's going to beat face so i am proud to have you on in the second chair with me here so thank you for saying yes absolutely so Okay. Um well, you know what? I think that's it for the news and I think we're going to skip the toolbox just because from Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Superstore. Because I think we need to probably jump into the book if we're going to get this done tonight. Oh yeah, so, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the first uh before we go to the break cuz break is coming up in about, you know, 6-7 minutes. Let's talk first impressions on this. Let's just talk generalities about this book because this book is awesome, but this book is weird. It is. It, I mean, we thought that, I don't know, I think you and I had kind of the same idea that Sylvaneth was like the pinnacle of what an, an, a battle tome could be having looked at the other ones and everything, and then they come out with Sylvaneth, 
and that's a home run. This is a freaking grand slam. Well, um, and, and not just you and me. I think everybody saw that Sylvaneth book. Is that was the book of the future? It had oh yeah, because it had you know allegiance abilities. It had spells. It had all the things that we sort of wanted to see. Um, but that was pre General's Handbook, and General's oh, yeah. Handbook had other stuff in it. It had yeah. points. It had the um, what do you call it? The uh, the allegiance abilities, artifacts, blah blah blah. blah. But the other ways to play too. The uh, what do you call it? Why am I blanking on it? The narrative uh, and open. The, the, well, the uh, the narrative. The um, you know playing the um, call the to power. Yeah, play, that's a, yeah, path to glory campaign. That's in here too. Yeah. The path to glory campaign rules for this for this armies in this book. They're the very last page, not on the scrolls. Nope. Very last page is the pitched battle profiles with your points. Um. And I hate to be, and I hate to be a uh, a story stinker, but it's it's literally after everything else, after the four pages of rules. It's even after. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rules were always at the end. This is after that. And I'm not trying to downplay points. I've come to the conclusion no. that they're important. It's what's bringing people back to the game. It's honestly even in narrative games. I say, well, why don't we at least come up with around some a, a number of points so we at least can kind of make a list and then run with it from there. Um, right. So I have no beef with points, but I like that they sort of downplay it. It's in the back of the book. It's one page. It's there. Yeah, it's one of those things that if in like the second version of the handbook or something that they wanted to change the points, they could because you're only losing theoretically a page worth of points values. It's not like where it used to be where if you wanted to make a change to a point value, you had to redo the whole book. Right. So, And then if you're not playing uh pitch battles or anything like that you can still have all the rules and you don't even have to worry about the points because they're not right there on the page exactly so you can do whatever it is you want and this book will allow you to do it yeah which is great as far as i'm concerned yeah it's just it's like it's it's they're not forcing the points thing you know on you it's not it's not there with the scrolls it's just if you, it only needs to be a page. I mean, honestly, the way that they've got it set up, even in the general's handbook, it's a small section because they just, you know, without all the, without the points changing every time you change an option, all you mm-hmm. need is that quick list, and so it's there, and it's important, and it's a good thing to have, but it's in its own spot, and it's not, it's not do, it's not uh, messing with the the flow of that narrative feel of that open play feel that they, that they, tr- I think they really try to build right in the rest of the, uh, in the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Other, other than that artwork, fantastic. Lots of different styles too. Yeah. You get some that are more like, um, animated or comic graphic novel type stuff. You get some stuff that's a little more abstract um, it's just the yes. art is all over the place, and it's exactly what you would expect from a Zinch book. Yeah, marker art, stuff that looks like old paintings, stuff that looks like old scrolls. Um, the stuff for the pink horrors is just—it's like this is, you know, this. Yeah, this looks like some some weird alternative comic lines. You know, it's it's like you said, it's 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 got it all. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, the paint the painting section's big, but it kind of needs to be because 
I mean, there's no wrong way to paint this stuff either, is there? Oh, yeah. And there's a lot to cover with if you're painting to a theme, which is, you know, absolutely perfect, um, especially with this, with how this army sets up, as we'll get into. So there's just a ton of stuff and just different ways to do everything. It's so great. It is. Um, So... Now, the one thing, though, that I was having a little trouble with when I was reading through this and taking notes was it's like my notes were a little more sparse than in a normal book. Uh, Yeah. And it's partly, I think, because it's Zinch. Uh, Mm Because I I thought, oh, maybe it's just because it's demons. But the corn one had a lot more sort of background fluff to it. You could describe about the bloodbound and everything. Yeah, and corn's realm and how everything works. And because Zinch is all about change, it's like, well, his realm's pretty big, and there's a lot of places, but they constantly change. So it mm-hmm. could be this one minute and this the next. So there's no real, there's not even a real point for them to go into long descriptions because none of that is necessarily accurate. So right. you get these vague generalities, even with the the the, the discussions. When they listed out the different types of the different you know types of characters that you're that you're going to play with the characters and the different rank and file troops, um, even their backgrounds are a lot about how uh, you know they sit in the shadows until it's time to attack. They they hide. They're they're corrupting. They're doing all this underhanded behind the scenes stuff, and it's kind of hard to discuss because it's all underhanded and behind the scenes. Yeah, it's very enigmatic, and just the nature of Zinch in general is so in flux. That it's really hard to get a solid bead on anything, except right. when it talks about like how uh, Sigmar found out about the cults in the cities and everything. But even this reads to me a lot like the Libra Chaotica for Zinch, which right. danced all over the place, which is fine because that's what it was supposed to be. It was being written by a madman um, going on a dream state through all the realms of chaos. And this reads like that. It's all over the place. It's a little hard to follow, but you just get so lost in it. Exactly. So I really think they capture the feel of Zinch even through their writing, which, okay. Yeah. Well, and here, like, okay, you start off and right here you got your table of contents. You got a picture of the Lord of Change, and then you get to the first page zinch almighty and talks about zinch and you get this really bizarre picture of of zinch i think it's supposed to be zinch on his uh, yeah that's him and he's just a weird sort of hot mess like he doesn't even have a definite like this is not what i kind of pictured him to look like he's just sort of uh, an amalgam of all those different different demon things you see yeah he's everything and nothing and constantly in flux which is what he should be. The nature of Zinch is change, and this is a creature that is just anything and everything. Yeah, and they talk about that right off on the first page. You know, he's one of the chaos gods. He's the undisputed master of the arcane arts. Uh, this doesn't mean he won't go to war. It's just he prefers to win through sorcery and guile. Um, what's really cool about this is right here on the very first page. And I like how they do this. They're just talking about Zinch and the things he does, and they just start dropping. Mentions. Bomb after bomb after yeah, bomb. Yeah, <laughs> completely casually. And it's not like, oh, and you thought, but they mention stuff that's happened in the past year in the story. 
and they just completely contradict what we've uh, read. And let me, I got a couple of little bits here that I, that I wanted to, to cover really quick. Uh, let's see. Zinch's growing ascendancy after Sigmar's return to the mortal realms and the battles of the Realmgate Wars hints at plans long nursed to fruition. Embedded deep within Sigmar's grand cities, mortal cultists work in secret to advance his unknowable goals while Zangor tribes raid the ancient places of the realms in search of lost treasures and esoteric knowledge. So that's sort of setting up like in that first page, setting up with this, the, the the tone of this whole book, mm-hmm. you know, you've got cults in the cities, you've got these Zangor, which are basically bird-faced beastmen. Yeah, they're avian gores. Yeah, out in the in the uh, in the wild, and and Zinch constantly manipulating stuff in the back. But then you get this little one of the little side boxes. You're talking about the great game and how you know Zinch is always you know fighting with you know him and his brothers are all fighting. You know, to take over everything, but they're sort of competing with another. And as I'm dropping down here, it's like, oh, you know, Zinch, uh, Zinch likes to instigate stuff, and he and he and he plays the long game. Whereas Corn just smashes things. He prefers to go and start set something up now that's going to happen later, far later. And it's like, oh, one of his most infamous deeds in the Great Game was to beguile Corn's greatest bloodthirster Scarbrand into attacking his patron. W- what? So all yeah, that, stuff- that happened when they introduced Scarbrand, but it was still Zinch that played on his pride to make him take a swing at Corn. Right. I mean, I, and cool. I knew I knew what he did because we read that in the Corn book. I knew what happened to Scarbrand, yeah. but it's like, oh, so Zinch was behind that. You know, Zinch mm-hmm. crystallized the cycles of Nurgle's garden. Wait, what? It's like, oh, so when that stuff got all stopped and messed up, and and and, and Nurgle's garden got all messed up. Oh, that was Zinch. Oh, and. I love this one. It was Zinch's plotting that led to Slanesh's absence. No, you know, we, he was behind that too. Like I didn't. Yeah. Think, so, I mean, we've been thinking all along that it was something to do with um, Tyrion and Teclis, um, like capturing Slanesh or banishing him or whatever. And it kind of was, but look who, look who, who look was who was really pulling the strings pulling behind the strings. And so it's like every huge. Event like the really big sort of events that messed with the other chaos gods is all being attributed to him. Mm-hmm. It's, oh wow! Okay, well, all right. I mean, it, and then the best part is this last part, and this is the last part of this box, which I love. It's like Zinch just loves. He loves the complicated plots, and it's like some things look like, like, like. You know, things contradict each other and don't make sense. Why would you do this? It would totally mess up that. And it's like, but that's all part of the big plan. It actually says that he sometimes adds elaborate intricacies to his own plots or perhaps introduces obstacles that impede them because he just loves creating and and, and deconstructing all of these intricate, crazy twists in the story, even to the to his own detriment sometime. Mm-hmm. It's just great i mean and that's and that's your intro that's like your sort of first page this is what zinch is about and this is what his followers are dealing with just a great intro Mm -hmm. um so i mean you can't you can't start off better than that and then uh we're gonna move into some of the uh they talk a little bit about the Crystal Labyrinth, and then it talks about some what his followers are like. And we're going to get into 
uh, the Crystal Labyrinth and Zeech's followers in just a few minutes when we come Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. And we're back, back from break and ready to crack into the Crystal Labyrinth, Zinch's mainstay. Um, okay, and here's what I was talking about earlier. Other, other battle tomes, you get pages of what their lands are like, whether it's corn, whether it's the, the Dwarden, whether it's uh, you know the different the couple of different orc books, this is about a third. Well, it's half a page if you take the title and the and the the the, the larger print, you know, subtitle, right? Uh, you know, the byline. Uh, if you take that stuff away, it's like a third of a page, mm-hmm. and that's everything about his realm outside of another not quite half page that talks about the rivalry between him and Nurgle and the way they're constantly like trying to take away each other's territory. Yeah, and it's how that he's been screwing up with Nurgle's plans all along. I mean, reading this, you almost wonder how much Zinj had to do with the War of Life yeah. and taking Nurgle down in that because it talks about how... Um, where is it? In Gyran, um, where once Nurgle reigned nearly unchallenged, the decaying kingdom of Bulga was toppled due to the machinations of Kairos Fateweaver. From beside Nurgle's great cauldron itself, the changeling aided the blue scribes in stealing a seven-volume set of tomes listing cures for the plague god's most potent diseases. Okay, so they've always kind of explained, like, the opposites. Nurgle and Zinch are not supposed to get along. Corn and Slanesh are not okay. I mean, none of them are really okay together, but like, it takes a little step more. This actually explains why the rivalry is there. Oh, yeah. It really adds a little more character to it. Yeah, it really does. Um, it's just they're polar opposites. He's constantly changing, and Nurgle has sitting in this state of 
just you know static a static state in fact uh i i forget exactly how he describes it. i'm looking for how they describe it here but uh, here it is um to Zinch's hope and ambition, his demand for change, Nurgle counters with opposing ideologies, a resigned despair that accepts how things are, a willingness not just to be content with the base or mundane, but to actually wallow in it. And that's an interesting way to describe it, because if you read anything about Nurgle, that's not how it sounds at all. You know what I'm saying? No, they, it talks about a cycle of life, death, rebirth, um, well, that sort of thing. It, well, uh, is it really? Because that's what he didn't like with it. It's not so much even life, death, rebirth. It's more that there is that stagnation because it decays. It doesn't die. If you follow him, you don't die. You just continue to decay and decay and you survive. And you just get that. Uh, and they even talk about it, in the realm of life, there's tons of life with Nurgle, but it all just sits there. It's just this rotting, decaying, gross mm-hmm. you know, semi-life. Um, yeah, you know when she comes through when when she comes through at the end in all gates and she gets all mad, she comes rolling in Alarial and all of his stuff dies and then new life springs forward. Um, but it's just so funny how important change is to Zinch. And one of the things I I, I, I was noticing, um, besides this little last line here in the thing that talks about it does not all go Zinch's way, and none of his minions dare mention the disaster at Lomnangi near their patron. Or Lom Nagini. And I'm like, oh, what happened to Lom Nagini? I'm hoping that story pops up at some point. Cause, it would be nice. Yeah. I mean, because one of the things you notice in this book is this is a book about a winner. Here's a guy who may not be in ascendancy like Corn all the time because he's not, you know, it's it's kind of easy for Corn to ascend to just keep killing and he gets bigger and more powerful. But uh, it seems in the long run, that Zinch is just chalking up win after win after win after win after win. And even your victories were stuff that planned by him that he's like lulling you into a false sense of confidence, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's nice to You hear didn't that. win. I won for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I let you win because I have to do I had to let you win so that I could get to this other thing. Okay. Um and it's one of the things I noticed in this book is it's like Zinch doesn't want the destruction of the eight realms. He wants them to – it's like he doesn't want their annihilation. He wants them to be destroyed and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt. Um, it's got to keep changing. It's got to keep happening and unhappening. Yeah, the game cannot end for Zinch because I think that, again, it falls into the stagnation of I won. Okay, what's next? Right. That's Re- why he reset the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reset the board because let's play again. So that's that's really what he wants. He wants to because it, it's going to be a different game every time, and he wants to see all the differences. It's really kind of crazy. It's 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 an interesting to get to sit down and read a bit about him because you know you read tons on Corn and Nurgle because I think they're a little easier to write about. Yeah, they're a lot easier to comprehend too. Right. And here it just gets crazy. Uh, what else is we got here? Um, oh, I like that he is so steeped in his plot, so mentally steeped in his plots, that he hasn't left the Impossible Fortress, which is the name of his home, in ages. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they, all, they all want to get his his attention, his demons on all his favor and his attention, and he doesn't he doesn't pay him attention. He, you can't really hold his attention for any real length of time because he's always moving on to the next plot. 
Yep. So it's it almost seems like, you know, it's children begging for attention with the demons, but at the end of the day, he is giving their attention. He just doesn't show it. Yep. Until you hit that moment where it's like, oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, as we go through this, they talk about uh, a little bit more about the demons and, and without going into each one specifically, which is a little later, um, and I don't mean war scrolls. I mean just descriptions. They talk about yeah. you know this is the part of the book where they talk about uh, what what his what his rule is like and what the sort of hierarchy is. And here it says uh, the hierarchy, even the hierarchy, is constantly changing. But it really works, okay. And as I'm reading this, at first I'm like, oh god, how do you even keep things going? But it works because the there there are nine that are in command. This nine is Zinch's number. So you get nine that command the greatest part of Zinch's favor, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But they, to, to stay there, to, to, to not be out, to not be – if you don't want change to see you outed as one of the top nine, you have to constantly be – you know, you got, you, you got to always be closing with him. You know what I'm saying? You got to mm-hmm. be laying those schemes, causing havoc, plotting – Plans within plans within plans. Otherwise, someone's going to take your place. And it's almost that, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a <laughs> it's like a Stockholm syndrome. He's got his own demons under. You know, if you want me to pay attention to you, you have to be constantly. You have to deliver. Exactly. Uh, and and even if. Go ahead. I think even if it's like a long term plan, you kind of have to be careful just because if you go too long, someone else may beat you to it. And you then have to move out of one of the nine gates. So it's just you have to keep working and doing long term and short term. And it's just I don't. It's really hard to comprehend that these guys have to be, keep doing these things all the time just yeah. to even stay where they're at. Because with three really other guys, it's not all that difficult with Nurgle. He's just happy that you're there. Slanesh is happy that you're there. Corn, yeah, you got to keep putting skulls on his chair, but you have to do one thing. Yeah, but with Zinch, you have to do a lot. Yeah, but Zinch and Corn aren't that different. I mean, with Zinch, you have to constantly be planning, but you still always got to be producing. And and Corn's the same way. It's a more brutish same way, a more single minded same way. Just keep killing, mm-hmm. as opposed to just keep plotting. But these two seem to be Nurgle doesn't seem to be so much a what have you done for me lately. Uh, Slanesh, even though he's missing, didn't always seem to be a what have you done for me lately. Maybe what have you done to me lately, but not a for me lately, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But these two, you have to constantly be delivering. With corn, it's just there's never enough blood and skulls. Right. So you you kind of – and with this, it's like you have to keep him entertained. There's got to be plots and plans and things moving. And he sees it all. So even if you're playing the long game, if it's a good enough long game, he'll wait and see it out. He wants to see it out. But like you said, you better hope nobody outmaneuvers you. Mm-hmm. Because he'll see it coming and he'll watch just to watch the expression on your face before he drops you. Ah, you thought you were clever. And that's what I that, – and that's what really captured me in this. It's like it, the depth of the description – is lacking, 
as far as how much is you know the, the, these concrete things, but the the ideas, you know, of of the way these guys have to keep acting. It's just if you, you stop and think about it, you're like this is crazy. Like how deep a game that you have to play if you want to please him. Mm-hmm. And how clever you have to be. I mean, it literally says, you know, uh, when it talks about his, his the people he wants. Let me see. Uh, yeah, get a cool. In fact, there's a cool little thing about here about exactly what it takes to be his disciple. And this thing, the flesh ascended, and they talk about uh, Alanzeth, the ninefold promise. He was once yeah. a mortal servant of the great schemer, granted a gift of demonhood after a lifetime spent gathering forbidden knowledge and lost secrets. He now stands eternal guard over the library city of Uzalith. Um, and it talks about how he was, you know, a, a good sorcerer and very smart and very clever. And he joined up with these guys and he had done so well. And then it seems to imply that this picture here is him. And this picture is he's got weird, like, bird leg feet. He's got eight arms. He's got wings. He's got a hand for a head. Yeah, he's so he's got nine hands if you count all of them, four on either side and then one for his head. Yeah. And then he's got a multitude of eyeballs. The avian wings are very um, common with Zinch and his mouth is in his chest. He's got nine eyeballs. Of course, I'm counting them here. And then, yeah, his mouth is in his chest. And his mouth almost looks like a face because where the nose would be is an eyeball. And basically where his, well, where his nipples would be are two more eyeballs making a weird face because yeah. the mouth is in the lower abs. It's, and then, you know, you get the, 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 the hand coming out of the neck at the wrist giving you the horns there with the, with the eyeball and the po- This is a cool picture. This reminds you of something from H.P. Lovecraft or from Tool. This looks like oh, yeah. it's on an al- like a Tool album cover. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, and that's one of the things that I, that as you're reading this, it's like, you know, he has warlords. He has generals. Um, but just being tough isn't enough. You've got to be clever. You've got to be one step ahead of everybody else if you want to be Zinch's guy. You want to be the guy? You got to be as clever as the day is long, and that, that's one of the things I really just that, that sticks out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next part, you get one of those little weird space pictures with all this stuff. It's uh, where am I? I'm on the I'm on nine. Shall be the number. What's it? Page yeah. uh, fourteen. Yeah, this talks about um, the nine different convocations that are currently ranking on the shifting pyramid of. Y-R-C-H. Um, I have a hard time pronouncing words like that. I don't read enough Lovecraft, apparently. Yerch. I'm going to call it Yerch. Yerch. Yeah. Um, and it says here, those currently favored by Zinch have held their status since the beginning of the Age of Sigmar and beyond, but as ever, change is inevitable. And it kind of goes into how all the different um, convocations are, which is the demons um, that were, that you know are part of Zinch, his essence, and it's the one thing that they all have in common is the eye. Zinch right. is the all-seeing eye that is his thing, um, but it's just different interpretations and yeah, their symbol is all the eyeballs. Yeah, 
Exactly. What I thought was interesting in this section is it doesn't just describe the nine, which let's say you want to be, you know, this gives you nine great ideas for different Zinch factions. You know, if you want to play Zinch, you can take this symbol. uh, You could build a host based on this. You know, like there's one here uh, from the great libraries. They hail through uh, thoughts burning with the forbidden secrets of darkest lore. Purest sorcery is their propensity, for they're the arch spellcasters in all, all reality. No incantations beyond their reach. No mystery impenetrable to their piercing gaze. So if you want to play heavy magic, maybe you pick the host arcanum, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives you these ideas. Um, but there's two things that popped into mind as I was taking notes. And one is, after all the talk of change, this tells you these guys have been here since way before the Age of Sigmar. These nine have managed to stay on top. And yeah. uh, and I'm like, oh, that's a little odd. But then you think about it. A, they're playing the long game. It's po- it is possible to stay. And who knows how long. For us, it seemed like that seems like a long time. For them, it could be no time at all. But, yeah. Go ahead. And this may also be like the nine that are there, but it doesn't say the order. Oh There's no! There's no like numerical def- definition of who is who on the totem pole. This is the nine that have been up there, but it doesn't say who's in what position or how long they've been there. Right. So it's a constant guess and flux, and maybe they don't even know where they rank on this thing. It's That's just- true. Um, what I thought was cool is, that, is at first I'm like, well, of course, you know, oh, you know, right after saying all this change, these guys have stayed for so long. But A, they play the long game. B, you got to give us something to stand mm-hmm. on, to build our armies on, to come up with ideas for for this. So to, allowing these guys to stay, even though, as you said, they might be changing within there, it gives us ideas. Um, and what I like is that you don't even have to use these nine. You could be no. some sub-convocation or an offshoot of one of these. These could serve as, you know, um, th- these are good examples. This can serve as an inspiration. Or you could go off completely on your own track because of the way this whole uh, the whole book works, the whole army works. Um, and that's sort of what brought me up to this, all the change. Um, like I said, you know, you can do... You can stick with what they've got right here and build on it, or you can just be like, well, change happened, and now we've got my guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's that's, – that's, at, at first, I had a little trouble wrapping my head around it. As we get farther and farther in the book, I'm like, well, I kind of really like this. And as we get well, – later when we get to the war scrolls and we get to you know some lists, I know, I know you were working on lists and stuff like that, and I was even trying to, and it's like, oh, wow, there's so much here. I don't even know – it's almost analysis paralysis. There's so much to play with. Um, and there's so much to try to think yeah. through, which if that doesn't scream zinch. <laughs> yeah. But I think of every army we've seen so far, this one more than anyone lets you be the story stinker. As, oh, as, yeah. as Rotor coined it last episode. Could, or you could be the story stinker. You could be the hobbyist explorer. Anything. I mean, you got a crazy paint scheme. Cool, go for it. Zinch is, I mean, you know, we all know Nurgle is green and Corn is red and Slanesh is purple. Zinch is the rainbow. Yeah, and he's then predominantly blue, at least in the portrayals, but then you get pink horrors and things made of fire. It's just, 
he is anything and everything and look at, at all times. Yeah, and look at the Lords of Change. When you look at their feathers, there's rainbow colors running through it. And yes, they have a base of, of a primary color a lot of the time uh, or a secondary color. But uh, then there's just the, the multitude of hues and colors and shapes. Um, you look at these Kyrick acolytes and they're all wearing different colored uh, you know, cloth and, and all of their masks with all and with the jewels and the and the and the precious metals, all with all of this mess of color. Uh, you know, you got an idea for a new vocation with its own unique traits and objectives. Go for it. You you love demons. You're just a demon player. Go pure demon. You only want to use the new stuff. Just use the new stuff. You know, you want to stick with slaves of darkness because that's what you bought a while ago and you painted up your warriors of chaos as Slanesh and now they're slaves of darkness. Not Slanesh as Zinch and now they're slaves of darkness. Want to mix and match? You ain't wrong. It's just you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just so like as I'm flipping through this, it's like wow. I literally can do anything. If you are a Zinch fan, you could build 10 different armies out of this. You could collect uh, you could collect and paint all year and still have new stuff to do and and new armies to build and new lists to write. Um and that's just really I think that's the selling point. Um, oh, yeah. on this book is it's it's so open. Um, it's just it, it's that no matter what your tastes are, you can find something, a way you want to play or a, a way you want a hobby or whatever it is, in here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, let's see what else do we got here. Um, we talked about the Arcanites, the Zinch Arcanites. Uh, and this is the section where they start. Yeah, they really start. They give they give a the, the, here's the basic overview of their of their hierarchy. Uh, talking about. Yeah. A, yeah. A chaos warlord is just too obvious. Oh, you know what? We skipped. Hold on before we skip, because I don't want to skip this before we go. Oh, the weapons. Yeah. Gifts. Yeah. Because Zinch doesn't just give you knowledge. He hands off different types of. You know, the Change Blade, the Wand of Whimsy, the Staff of Tomorrow. Uh, and it goes through the whole book describing all of these. Um, I think my favorite are, might be some of the shields. Yeah, the Paradoxical. I like that one. Yep. Um, and then for just nostalgia purposes, the Portal Glyph. Um, that's something that came out in 8th edition. And now we have... An awesome picture of it. Or the uh, tongue of Zine, where you get to see all the runes right. on here on how different things are supposed to be represented. So this way you can do freehand spelling on your banners or scroll work or anything like that. But in the tongue of Zinch. Yep. You got the right, you got the variant on the dark tongue. Uh the the spiteful shield I think was cool. Um and the, even the burning the the chair the burning chariot disc that they listed mm-hmm. on here has some really cool stuff. Um, the fact that that eyeball on the disc is actually looking around like that thing is seems to be sentient and it's kind of watching you. Yeah, you it even know, says. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it even says that these discs of Zenich that form part of an exalted flamer's chariot still have a strange awareness of their own gazing with unblinking scrutiny at those who ride them into battle, perhaps to serve them all the better, or perhaps to pitch them to their deaths at a critical moment. 
Yep. I mean, that's just, that's, that's wonderful. Because you never know what it'll do. It may help. It may toss you right off. Forget you. Get out of here. Um, and then, you know what, let's cover the uh, sort of this breakdown before we get to the different types, uh, like the, the structure, the secrets and the Arcanites. Um, this is the part where it says the warlord's just too obvious. Zinch needs more than that. Zinch needs a guy who's got infinite cunning and, you know, and, and is looking to get to uh, through his power and his glory through forbidden lore and secrets. And you have to, that's the type of thing you have to, you have to be able to do if you wish to uh, become a Zinch warlord. It's, it's all about the clever. I mean, you need to be a good fighter because otherwise you die. But um, he, and he throws tests your way too. If you want to, if you want to be good, you know, he's going to, just when you think you've won, he's going to mess with you and you better be able to figure it out and get out of it. And I think that's kind of cool. It's the constant test. Yep. Um, and then they go through and, you know, this the part of it, it just it gives you a couple like a like a, a sentence or two on the Zangors and the sky fires and all that. We don't have to cover all that because we're going to cover it later. But I like how it talks about how they do all this stuff and they do all these battles and then they slide back into hiding and work behind the scenes, work those plots, keep trying to break things down, um, you know, cause unknown d- damage and destruction so that when the big fight happens, half the stuff you're relying on falls apart isn't there yeah 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 and then do we want to talk about this picture with the ogroid the stormcast and the i was dispossessed i was hoping you'd ask this is i think the first time that we've seen non-fire slayer dwarden those are iron breakers those are iron breakers those are gyrocopters those are gyrocopters in the background yes they are Flying in to help the storm cast, and yeah, uh, or those? Wait, no, those those aren't are those iron breakers or are those? Yeah, those are no, iron, those are breakers. Those, yeah, those aren't hammerers. Those are iron breakers. They've got full on armor going. Yeah, and there they are attacking the Zangors and attacking the uh, Kyric acolytes. You know the 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 Algroid Thamaturge gets all the gets all the attention because he's sitting there almost halo like because he's right in front of the realm gate. Yeah, with, it's a very the radiant light. gate. Yeah, and um, he's got that uh, prosecutor. I, I thought, he, yeah, I thought he had him by the throat, but as you look, oh, it's no. like nope. He's got his hand right through his chest. Oh yeah, I don't even right know where the rest of his gets. arms going. That arm's huge. It looks like he punched him through the chest, and his arm is just basically inside his whole body at this point. Mm-hmm. He's going to use him as a mannequin. He's going to do do some, you know. Do a little ventriloquism for you. It looks like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the dwarf. So good. They're... And the thing is, this is not. This is obviously not um, like a city in Azir or anything like that. This is one of the cities that they've been building as they've reconquered, right? And that's how. That's where they develop the story. Is this all gets started as the cities that have been built through the summer campaign. Um, this is now where the Zinch Arcanites are popping up. So, so the story's moving up. forward a bit, yeah. Yeah, they set everything up, and based on where I think things just took off from that summer campaign is actually influencing where the story took off for Zinch. 
and it was it was I found it funny because as we're looking at this and you were kind of pointing it out and the book is mentioning how you know he's building it it's all there you know we were reading that summer campaign and you know they kind of had to have some contingents you know storylines different storylines sort of ready depending on how it went they couldn't just sit around and you know be completely you know reactive so I'm like okay I got an idea you know they had to have ideas but during the summer campaign you know order it pretty handily oh yeah they crushed it crushed yeah um and so you're sitting there going what are they going to do you know order crushed it like you said what are they going to do now like what's going to happen so oh what do you think happened you know chaos is is there you think they you think you crushed it we'll let mm-hmm. you think and that and that and there's and there's each you go ahead and think you crushed it. You move your guys in. You build your cities. I that's okay. You won't notice my guys at all until it's too late. And and that seems to be the theme of this is there's there's a plot going on. And as we're reading this, you know it it, it and later we'll talk about it when we get to the very character specific stuff. But you know the the acolytes live among us. Mm-hmm. Either, and you don't know who they are. Yeah, if they aren't too mutated, then they just hide through basically, you know, a, a glamour where they look normal. If they are too mutated for that, they live behind a bunch of magical wards so that nobody can detect them. And they just stay hidden uh, until it's time for their acolyte, you know, the younger acolytes to come. And then, then they teach them. Um, and then suddenly when it's time for a battle... And they're there, and you're starting to see these battles starting to happen. And if, and if he doesn't come out until it's time for a battle, and he's playing the long game, this is not the end game. This can't possibly be the end game. We've only been playing this. We've only been telling this story for a year, you know. Mm-hmm. So if it's not the end game, and they're coming out for battles, then something, something's got to be happening. Which I'm like, it's like, oh, this is getting exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. But I want I I want to know what you know. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, sorcerers obviously the core of the cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zinch, the the type of people he attracts are those who are hungry for knowledge, hungry for secrets, hungry for power, but not just physical dominating power that we've that we've basically sat around and, and looked at for the last year. These are the, you know, they're the clever ones. The very clever ones. Um, I'm seeing, where's where's the page here that I have this marked? Um, oh, this is what I really liked. It talks about and when the cults get too big. And this is what I, uh, page, I'm on page 21 at the moment in Arch Conspirators. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, and this, this made me think of fractals. I know that sounds weird and very 90s, but... You know, the, the cults get big, and they're 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 at risk of being exposed. You know, eventually you get too big. I mean, this this you know, this is how bad guys get caught. They get too big. You know, they're 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 so obvious that they can't hide. And they anymore. draw too much attention, right? So, but Zinch doesn't allow that. Once you get big, there has to be change. Your organization must be destroyed, destroyed or at and least reborn. broken up. So it's broken up. Yeah, you, you stay here with a ninth of what you had. And start over again. Meanwhile, the other eight, eight ninths will break off into their own groups. And when they all nine grow to critical mass, they will all break. 
mm-hmm. into another nine, and those will rise to. And that's what made me think of the fractals. That it grows, and then it just keeps, you know, and then each growth brings out a new one, and they just keep doing this. And it's it's kind of it's kind of scary. Like mm-hmm. as I'm reading this, going, gosh, like I mean, they seem to be almost as 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 commonplace, you know, hiding around. There's, it's, it, it makes me feel like the Skaven did at the end of Eighth. Yeah, like you're, except, this, you're like, wow, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, except you're suddenly the paranoid one, not Zinch and his forces being the paranoid ones. It's as you start to uncover everything, you now have to wonder who every person is. So it makes you question every person that you see could be an acolyte, could be a cult member. Yeah, it could be Except one of your like brothers in arms. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to really question everything, and if that doesn't play on your mind as a soldier and tax on your trust in others, that that hurts. It hurts yeah. a lot. It's the very nature of deception, and when you can't tell the difference between a good guy and a bad guy, everybody's a bad guy. Right. So he completely undermines everybody's and faith and trust. Exactly. This is like this is Horace Heresy type stuff. You don't know who's turning. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you get to the secrets of the cult, I like this because I love how every one of the cults is completely dedicated to Zinch's plan, and they can't know his whole plan. None of us can. Our brains aren't big enough. But we all pick one of his nine aspects, and our cult will emulate and follow that aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, and but it says, uh, you know, like all children, sometimes children, brothers and sisters fight. So it's not often, but sometimes they go to war with each other. And I can see that happening when when one gets big and split into nine and then they grow to the former size and get split into nine. You know, excuse me. Depending on how far you're able to spread out, you could be reaching critical mass just by numbers in an area. And I can see them coming to blows with one another, especially if your schemes are messing with my schemes. Mm-hmm. Um. And they start talking about how all the cults and all these things were. Uh, page 22, the bottom box, though, drops another bomb really casually uh, talking about um, the uh, – it talks a little bit about the curslings and how they can detect mm-hmm. lies and they're really good at uh, interrogation because they can just – they can tell exactly whether you're telling the truth or not. But it does mention a little bit about the Gaunt Summoners. And how there's nine of them, and Zinch controls them, but Archaon wanted to control them. And um, so it talks about how uh, they might join Archaon, the Ever Chosen. And uh, at first, and this is all the. There's not actually a bomb here. It's just that, you know, the Gone Summoners are Zinches, and the nine of them all serve as plans, but sometimes they serve Archaon. And that mm-hmm. that made me stop for a minute because it's like, what? Uh, Archeon is is sort of a, a puzzle to me. Like whenever mm-hmm. they mention him, I have to stop and look because it's like he he's the only one as as they keep pointing out he's the only one to ever resist becoming a servant of any of the four of them, and instead by serving them all, he doesn't really serve he serves himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally has said before that he has. You know they, they've they've messed with him, and he has decided to withhold his. You know he won't work for them. He'll go work with the right. other three 
and ignore them. I mean, how do you get away with that? Like, how powerful is Archeon that he just takes Gaunt Summoners away from Zinch when he needs them and that this just happens? They serve Archeon. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he going to become the sixth Chaos God? I mean, it almost... I mean, if he wasn't so undefined except as anything except being just Archeon... And by undefined, I mean it's not you know everyone's got their thing. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have a thing. He just does a little. He's like he's a toolbox. Mm-hmm. And so when I read that, I was like, man, Archeon even just just hey, you know what, uh, Zinch, I'm taking these guys. I'm using them. I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah, he's he's really enigmatic. They really developed his character so well yeah. in this new universe. Um. But on uh, page 23, I think, is probably one of my favorite breakdowns. Like, we've seen the breakdowns of, like, warrior chambers and all the different armies and all that. But this one, it breaks down the cabal, which is, like, the inner circle of... Which is always uh, wizards, the leaders. yeah. You got the yeah, leaders, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and then you have how they describe the ogroids and curslings. Those are henchmen. Or the Gaunt Summoners are honored guests. It doesn't sound like the formation of an army. This is almost like a family, almost like a mafia-type family. Exactly. It made me think of a mob mob too. Yeah. Exactly. And then you've got the different different, uh, covens, which basically keep... You know, it's it's the different ways they break down, which isn't nearly as important as the idea of the henchmen and the guests and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and a cult is three to nine covens. Of course, it's three to nine, each of which is made up of three sects, which eventually makes nine when you have one of each coven. Right. Um. So it's so distinctly zinge, and even like at the top, it's henchmen, cabal, and honored guests, which is three, which can then be nine. It's just anything and everything can be, and they really play to that in the storyline in the rules of. The sacred number of Zinch is nine. I suggest you get used to it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, this is this is a great. And you know what's great is that right after this, you get one of those space timeline circle disc things. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things they mention in here. And of course, now of course they keep dropping how how Kairos, Fate Weaver, and and Zinch, you know how they mess with everything. But on the very first one undermining the foundation they talk about how you know they're they're building new civilizations and uh led by the changeling many of the new cities were founded upon realm stone great deposits of solidified magic so we no longer have warp stone now we have realm stone is that what i'm reading here yeah and so it's realm stone because it's not just warp stone from the warp now you know kicked out through that warp gate over the old world it's this the now is each bit of magic um is each bit of like is 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 realmstone from gyran different than realmstone from Akshi? like i, I would I, certainly hope so yeah cuz if each one of these realms is the embodiment of what was a lore of magic then it would make sense to me that everything is different i mean everything is different power holds over these different realms. Right. So I would imagine that it's different, but Zinch uses all of them. Yeah. So. And I, that's what I'm just trying to figure out is, is, or, or once it solidifies, is it just generic? No, I can't imagine it would be that basic. That would, you know, cause I'm, yeah, cause that 
<clears throat> excuse me, goodness gracious, that opens up a lot of interesting stuff for Skaven. Yeah. Who constantly fight for, well, Realmstone now. It was, was Warpstone. They constantly used it to fuel their machines and stuff. be very interesting if getting different Warpstone from different places, at least, it, and I'm just talking fluff-wise. I'm not saying they need mm-hmm. to start introducing this into the game. Because suddenly right. everything has nine different or eight different things it can do. It's like, oh, let's not get complex. Um, yeah, it doesn't need to go that far. But it's just if these realm stones are like concentrations of energy, is this where the next campaign could go? Is right. the mastery of this energy? Yeah. And like I said, just even fluff wise with someone like Skaven who collects it. It'd be interesting to hear stories. I mean, we used to read stories about Thankful and how much you would collect Warpstone and, and you know, the different grades and qualities of it at, when he turned it into snuff. You know, it could be interesting. You know, the, you know he, he needed to collect it from this realm. Mm-hmm. The Warpstone from this realm worked best with this machine. You know, right. that's just... I, I like the idea of that. And once again, I'm being a, a story stinker, but that's I just this is- I stopped and thought that was kind of neat. Well, no, you're going with what this book gives you, which is different paths that you can pursue in your own train of thought, which is zinch. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else in here? The battles of the blurred stars stood out only because zinch cast nine really strong spells and started shaking the stars in the sky <laughs> just to mess with the the seraphon so they couldn't read them properly. Which caused them to call down all sorts of uh, of their uh, constellations and go through nine huge bitter battles with huge loss numbers. I'm like, wait, they shook the stars, the stars. <laughs> Come on. Um, and then the last one that grabbed was obviously that changing landscapes, where where Sigmar jumps up out of his throne and looks down at what's going on, and he's like. Uh, it says here, the God King began to perceive something, a growing pattern. Across the mortal realms, the demon legions of Zinch were secretly targeting places of magical power. In the shadows, the Arcanite cults were raising flux cairns. Zinch, the cunning, was conjuring a mighty spell. Sigmar could feel it in his bones. So they talk about these flux cairns, which is something that they're like herdstones almost. Yeah. Uh, the Zangor, uh, enlightened. Help go out to these places and, and have them raised. And they're basically like, you know, herd stones at places of great magical confluence. And they're being raised all over the place. And now suddenly, suddenly Sigmar realizes this isn't random. No, there's a pattern here. It seems random, but there is a pattern. And he's starting to see it and he's like, oh no, something big is happening. And now, is this part of the next campaign or is this laying down a foundation for a future one i never know but man it's is he giving they're giving me so much to chew on mm-hmm. it's just it's ugh, it's good it's so good um and then when we get past that that's where they get to the uh, sort of the list of the different types of followers for zinch you know the lord of change the heralds the flamers all that stuff uh, this is where you get the first uh, bit of description of Ogroid, Thaumaturges, and the uh, the Magisters. Well, a Magister, was that a was that a thing before? I mean, I know the model, but that wasn't 
Like, that wasn't a thing that they had really defined because before in a lot of the books that had mentioned like Zinch cults when it was in the old world, they were always settled in a city similar like what you have here. But it was just a sorcerer who was usually some sort of possessed dude, whereas this guy is a specific role in leading rituals and specific rituals and helping to channel magic. So. Right. What this model was new, the Magister, though? That what was that? Um, it's the Zinch Chaos Sorcerer Lord. Okay, that, the okay. Weird guy with three arms, the really long legs. Um, right, I just couldn't the remember what the model foot. was called if it had a specific name before. Because yeah, it was just a Zinch Chaos Sorcerer Lord. Okay, because the Chaos or the Fate Weaver is the old Chaos Lord on a disc. Yeah, the Fate Master. Yeah, that's yeah, the Fate Master is the Chaos Lord on a disc. So once again, repurposing them, giving them new names giving them a new, new paint job, and, and it works, and they just keep doing it. It's like these used to be characters, but we can't have these characters anymore, so they become generic characters, and if you give them enough well-written fluff and give them a decent set of rules, you can totally use them in a new way in your army without feeling mm-hmm. like you lost out on anything. I just, it's, gosh, this is so well put together. Um, let's take a break. It's that time. Um, it we'll is. take a break. And when we come back, we'll try to quickly go through explaining what these different guys are about so that we can get into the meat of the uh, meat of the rules here. Because you know everybody wants to hear about the rules. So we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll finish up with the fluff so that we can get to the rules. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We're back. Okay. Um, all right, so some of these guys we're familiar with, aren't we? I mean, Lord of Change. Yeah. We know it's the greater demon. They can cast spells. They're very... I mean, there's some cool little, you know, descriptions, but it's nothing we didn't know, you know. They're deeply intelligent, yet as uncaring of consequence as it is fascinated by it. You know, like stuff like that. Um the one thing I like is between that and describing Cairo's Fate Weaver and how Zinch basically picked him up and threw him in the the great uh, what is well it? of eternity. Yeah, the well of eternity. Yeah. Um, the 
with knowledge at the heart of the impossible fortress, blah, blah, blah. Basically, this was a huge riddle he couldn't solve. You know, it's it's like the thing that, that, that he can't fi- – it's like the one thing he can't figure out. So he throws Fate Weaver in it, who comes out with two heads. And one can see the past and one can see the future, but they can't see the now, mm-hmm. which is weird. Because um, you would think if you know the future, you know what happens next, but that's not how time and fate work. Right. Uh, I, I mean, he seems to be able to have conversations with people and be in the now – but it's it's a weird thing. I'm almost picturing him almost like, uh, uh, you know, like 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 using almost both at once, where we're going just very very short amount into the past and very short amount into the future, which is almost combined at the now, you know. So, but he's, yeah, he's got that weird sort of crippling thing where he can't be in the now, um, and it messed him up enough where <laughs> he's just like, oh, I ain't going in there. Um, yeah, and and go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. Um, in the Realmgate Wars, when they're talking about uh, the quest for Galmaraz, um, Fate Weaver is in that storyline, and there's an actual conversation that he has yeah. with the Zinch Sorcerer that's keeping Galmaraz. Oh, right. Between his left head, his right head, and the Sorcerer. So you can kind of see how they like talk and interact to each other, and how they kind of like bicker and quibble it's very that, interesting is, yeah it's a good read if you've not gotten that on the black library and the things for the Rome gate wars um actually hearing them interact with each other is just like it's maddening to read but it makes sense and that's got to be more maddening to be you know oh yeah i can't imagine being kairos <laughs> but the the basically the only interesting thing that i got out of this reading this is this kind of helps explain why you know, a, a chaos god who controls all of fate, why he hasn't completely taken over everything. Right. You know, other than the fact that we've already pointed out that he seems to have a weird OCD about needing to have complex, convoluted plans going on. And he doesn't really want to conquer everything. He wants to conquer it uh, so that it can be reborn and the game can go again. So, yep. Uh, let's see. Harold's a zinch. They really haven't changed. And Blue Scribes haven't really changed. You know, I mean, yeah. they're still the same thing. If you don't know what these are, guys, seriously, you could look these ones up. These have been around forever. Uh, you know, the changeling is interesting. I yeah, like- they gave him a bit more of a role um, in not only just the creation of the cults, but they've really kind of developed more of his storyline because he was part of the plan that helped destroy the end, the uh, old world, and now he's coming back kind of doing kind of the same thing, but different. <laughs> One of the main guys, though. I mean, literally. Yeah, he is. I mean, and he's been so many different people, and done, and that he doesn't even remember what he like. He doesn't have, I guess, a, a natural state because he he doesn't remember what he looked like. So mm-hmm. he can't go back to his natural form because he doesn't remember it because he's been so many different people for so long. So he's really a blank, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Other than that, it's just like this is. I mean, this. His whole job is go in and impersonate people and make people distrust each other. That whole paranoia you talked about in the beginning, changeling, mm-hmm. that's that's his gig. Go through and be important people, movers and shakers and you know and sabotage these things so that yep. so that they either go wrong and everybody sees they go wrong and start distrusting each other or that it seems like they're going right. 
and they're going until to it fail. goes very wrong. Yeah. So when multiple, they have multiple failures. So, uh, flamers and screamers. Flamers are kind of cool. Like they, were, yeah, they're, they're like, like flaming. Yeah, they're like flaming mushrooms that kind of just bound all over the place. Yeah, they uh, they don't have feet. They have inverted skirt of fungoid flesh, which draws in air before expelling it by means of a powerful contraction. Thus, with loud whooshes of discolored air, the flamer can propel itself by leaps and bounds. Uh, they're barely sentient, and it seems when they seem dead, they just have an unnatural habit of bursting back to life long mm-hmm. after they've been stamped out. These are they're they're shagas that shoot fire. Yeah. I mean that's what they sound like, almost like the the Nurgle. What do you call them? Those Nurg. Uh, what are the Nurgle? Um, those weird Nurgle lumpy things that are just don't... the beasts of Nurgle. Yeah, beasts of Nurgle are sort yeah. of like shuggers. This is almost like the uh, Zinch's version of one. Yeah, you know, um, and they just exist to burn everything, and they like to have fun, and they're I don't know they they're a really weird creature to me because like even the artwork on page 37 which is accompanying the flamer and screamer page you right. can see shapes and things in the flames which is right well and they actually describe that they talk about how um the flames underneath him as he's moving will take on the shapes of the people they're fighting and those shapes will sort of mock and mimic the people they're fighting and then mm-hmm. and then and then have so and then as the flames go out they have some bizarre horrific death that they play out which talk about some psychological warfare on your enemies you're fighting these yeah. things and you're watching a flame version of yourself die horribly mhm i mean these things are already sort of mind benders as it is you know i mean it's just it's just kind of crazy um screamers but which I learned, um, they they prey upon the shadow souls of mortal creatures. So they swallow your soul mm-hmm. and anything magical. So they go after wizards a lot. Yeah, and they have particularly sharp teeth, and they're like really good at tearing chunks out of larger targets right. because of how their mouths work. So yeah. I mean, they'll kill smaller things, but they'll rip huge chunks out of big things. What I didn't know is that screamers are very prized as rides, and you see that as they're pulling the chariots and stuff. Mm -hmm. Discs of Zinch are transmogrified screamers. Screamers. They're screamers that have been changed in their shape, which is why there's that blinking eye on it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They're screamers that have been pulled, twisted, shaped into a disc to be somebody's ride. I'm like, oh, that mm-hmm. sounds uncomfortable at best. Or, you know, delightfully <laughs> yes. evolutionary. <laughs> different. It just depends on your point of view. Uh, I guess it does. And they're, just, and, they, and they're all so bizarre looking. I mean, this is an army like... I guess I'm just so used to like I like Nurgle and I like all the rot and the and the gross and stuff like that and it just you know you know they're but they all have that same theme and here I mean there's a similar theme with all the extra eyes and mouths and stuff but all the extra eyes and mouths is just this is far more Lovecraftian and I know I've mentioned that more than once but I can't I can't get it out of my head they're yeah. just so like you see Nurgle stuff coming at you I think oh my gosh it's you know, the Walking Dead. 
You see, yeah, it's it, yeah. You see corn stuff coming at you. It's like the canned ham devil coming at you. You know, everything's got <laughs> horns and 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 long tongues and and stuff. Yeah, but this is like this is the stuff that 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 breaks your brain. Yeah, and even looking at them on the tabletop, when you see horrors next to flamers, next to screamers, next to the great or the Lords of Change, it's an army that makes sense. And it looks cohesive, but by the same point, they don't look cohesive. Yeah, this is stuff that you know. This is stuff that should not exist. You no, it's go, very no, unnatural. Not, yeah, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but it works. I mean, even Slanesh stuff, weird pleasure demon stuff, kind of mix of bizarre stuff. This is this. The more I read this book, I'm just like, oh, this is so crazy. Uh, horrors. I mean, horrors are basically mindless little gibbering toadstools of. Of magic, um, that, and that's what they are. They're they're not wizards, but they're so magically potent that they sometimes just cast spells. Yeah, and these guys are so different in their personality wise. With the pinkies, which then break apart into blue horrors, which then break apart into the brimstones. So it's like the pink ones are like these cavorting, capering, happy guys. The blue ones are these grumpy, solemn. Well, they're angry. They just got smashed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And then then the little little brimstones are just so cute that you're just little balls of energy. As they burn you to death. Well, they just burn your shins. Okay. They can't really get much further. It's warp flame. They burn your shins, which then turn into flippers. So, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, that's cool, though. (laughs) Okay. You can have it. I'll keep my shins. Weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, okay, that's the old stuff in a nutshell. Quick 10 minutes covering all the stuff and kind of what's neat about them. Stuff I didn't really know that much about them, you know, because they, they never had their own book. And the stuff they always had was vague, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, or it was just basic. And it's still, that stuff's still kind of basic. Uh, it's just the well written part of this gets a nice little bit of flavor. But now we're on to the Zangor Shamans. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, they're avian. Headed beastmen, gores. Yeah, and they've got feathers and different things, and that fits to the zinch motif with the bear, with the birds, and everything. Right, exactly. Um, and they look cool. Oh yeah. And I wonder if they're going to do this with all the beastmen. I wonder if beastmen, as an army of just beastmen, is going to happen, or if they're just going to wind up being the four versions in chaos. Yeah, I mean, we've had. Uh, Corn gores and uh, pestigores before. Right. So this is the first time we're getting a dedicated zinch shift in something. So Because they've talked about beastmen in the book before, but it was always around with corn and 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 Nurgle and stuff. And even though they didn't and talk they, about pestigores, they're Yeah, they talk about them being mutated or taking on the bloated aspects of Nurgle. Right. But this is like the first time we're seeing a dedicated Zinch mutation of another existing thing. Yeah. And the aesthetic on these things is just so crazy, but it works. It does work. I mean, and part of it is that they've got the weird sort of bird-faced masks over it, so you don't actually get, at least in the pictures, the best look at the bird face itself. Yeah, at um, least on the shamans. The shamans wear yeah. the masks. Yeah, they've got the... Yeah, I just... I don't know. It... Oh, I, yeah, I guess later some of the, uh, the other pictures, they just, yeah, they're beast men with beaks. 
Mm-hmm. Basically, and their yeah. feet are different. Yeah. Their feet take on more of that horror aspect. Um, similar like how the horror feet look or oh, right, right. change feet where it's more of a claw as opposed to a hoof. I did not pay them enough attention. You are correct, sir. Not that I doubted yeah. you, but now that you're pointing it out, I'm actually stopping to look. Yeah. Um, the shaman's kind of cool. Now, they always write a disc, which some people mm-hmm. are bemoaning already, and it's like, oh, come on. Um, they're, you know, hey, they are beast men who are really magically adept, and so, of course, Zinch is going to give them a gift. Naturally. Um, and not only do they get a disc, but they can transmute other things into Zangors. Yeah, and that's what separates them from the rest of them, and they're almost held in, like, a reverence by the war flock instead of a war herd. Um, you notice that, too? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's a nice, nice little trick. But they get to turn other things into Zangors, and that plays out in their spell um, when you get to, like, the rules themselves. But yep, it's just – it's a great functional thing of we're going to change you into something that we see is better. And it'll be okay. This may hurt a little, but it's going to be okay. I and and seeing what a great job they did with this, I want to start. I want to see disciples of corn. I want to see disciples oh, yeah. of Nurgle. I want. I want this now for all of the demons, because this is so great. The fact that the shamans go into these, uh, they go. They have the gift of prophecy. It says. Mm-hmm. So they kind of go off onto these, and and they they go off onto these, uh, you know, mind trips, and and they and they learn the will of. What did I have it? How does he say it? Well, I had it written down. Um, they learn the will of the feather lords. Yeah, which is the lords that change. Right, and then they come out, and they often just leave their their flock behind because they have other jobs to do now because they've been given a new task, uh, and a lot of it has to do with them raising up those. Fo- those flux cairns, which mm-hmm. are like herdstones, um, or hunting shamans, or hunting a uh, chaos monsters, like the weird things, like cockatrices and vortex beasts. Right, right. Um, but this says that they actually, yeah, that, that they do that as well. But of these flux cairns, they're these, the magical herds, and those are the things that we talked about earlier that are sort of gathering power, and they're at certain points, and they don't know why, but they're told to do it, and they do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh boy! <laughs> like, it's <laughs> this is all starting to lay out. Okay, these guys have these simple tasks. They're like they're sort of out there doing the building, laying down the foundations. Um, and then you go up one step fa- farther with the uh, ogroid thaumaturge, which is isn't it sort of like a a, a zinch minotaur basically, or it's whatever they call a weird, it? or a bulgor. Yeah, bulgor. Yeah. Yeah, it's a v- weird amalgamation of things. And when it first came out in Silver Tower, no one really knew exactly what it was. Except it was a really cool-looking model Yep, that looked like an ogre and a minotaur and some pretty awesome tattoos. Um, but this one, they kind of developed a little bit more of the background. <laughs> well, not a not... lot. <laughs> the first yeah, sentence, it's like, not... we don't know that much about them. They're kind of new, and we don't know that much. And I just love that. I mean, it's a little bit of a cop-out, but it's like, let's leave that for later. You can, you know, don't, I don't need everything now. They're leaving it for yeah. later. It's one of those things where they kind of explain that they can either be like, um, where they'll lead a coven to a battle, um, particularly with like the Zangors, because it's kind of like that mute, the mutant, the uh, beastmen like connection, 
or there'll be bodyguards for the gaunt summoners, kind of like what we see with the silver tower stuff. Um, and their big spiel, aside from being these hulking warrior wizards, is their spell is about weird flame, and they can set things on fire, and then they turn into horrors, yeah. which is a sure sign of the change God's favor. Right. Um, I and like how it, it says they know more about weird flame than anybody but the most accomplished spellhead. These are not dumb brutes. Once again, these much like the much like the shamans, these guys are smart, which is a, a it's a scary combination when you're a, mm-hmm. a, a, when you when you're basically you are a bull and you've got that sort of a fighting ability and that sort of strength and you're also just happen to be a really good wizard. It's an old yeah. Rimini. Yeah. And they it even says here they are particularly revered by the Pyrophane cult, which is one of the cults for the Acolytes, which we'll then play into later, which uh-huh. you know, we'll get to. But these are the guys that help teach the Acolytes how to project their spells, which is just you know essentially a, ma- a missile. But these are one of the guys that help them excel at that. Right. Um. So next is the Gaunt Summoners, and we know about them a bit because they've shown up before. Mm-hmm. Um, we know there's always only nine of them, uh, and they are, you know, they get super bonuses for being, you know, if, if, if he elevates you to this level, you know, you get the whole shebang. Here's your staff. Here's your disc. Here's your key to the silver tower. I mean, these guys are, these guys are hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're similar. I mean, we've already heard about them in the Archaon book a while ago. We know about them. Uh, these guys come riding in, and everybody's like, oh. I mean, these guys are basically, there's only nine of them. They get the same sort of respect as a Lord of Change gets a lot of the time, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. Um, what's really great is the box here because they bring up Archeon again and how he, you know, he's, he, he, he wants to control them. They have a lot of power. He can't control the Lords of Change. No. But... These gaunt summoners have power, and he wants it. He needs to use it. Uh, he needs that magic. And uh, so, you know, as we know from the other stories, he's out there gathering their true names and and taking command of them. Um, what we don't realize is that Zinch was watching this and knew exactly what was going on, and he really didn't, eh, you know, do I really want him taking over my gaunt summoners? I don't think I do. Well, you know... And basically what it comes down to is he realizes that's a lot of Zinch power behind Archeon. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing with Archeon not bowing down to any one of them, if he can sort of get him hooked on, addicted to, dependent on his magical power more, he might be able at some point to manipulate Turn him. him. So... The reason Archeon was able to get all the Gaunt Summoners so, quote-unquote, easily was because Zinch led him. Yep. Yep. Zinch actually, when it, when it wasn't going to go his way, Zinch bent the strings of fate and made it go his way so he could get them. Didn't make it too easy. Didn't want him to catch on. Mm-hmm. Now my question is, we always thought Archeon was the one who was fighting and doing all this stuff to get control of them, Right. And now we find out that what he doesn't know is that Zinch kind of led him. Now, are we going to find out later? What Zinch doesn't know is that Archeon knows that Zinch kind of led him, and he knows he led him, and he let him thinks he doesn't know he led him, but he let him let him. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's a, not a lot of trust going on between these guys. I think we need a good, uh, you know, maybe a, a retreat or something so that these guys, of course, if they do that and get along, then we're all doomed. But that's just my opinion. So we'll move on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Magisters. Yeah. These guys are the, uh, they're part of the cult, part of the coven or the cabal that sits in the middle. Um they're powerful sorcerers that have clearly sold their souls to Zinch. Um They're just... They they're are kind of knowledge-hungry. They're yeah. super wizards and super... I like the part that they, they're just... Their quest for knowledge has made them up to this level, and they just want to go farther. And I guess their ultimate goal is become a, a demon prince. Yeah. These are guys who demon prince is the ultimate goal. Uh, the only problem is... It, the the end game is either demon prince or turn into a spawn. Well, that's the end game for most of the mortals that worship one of the chaos <laughs> gods. Um, but these guys, they talk about them how they used to be, um, like they could be a part of uh, the collegiate arcanum or the eldritch council, and have gone that one step further. The corruption piece. Right. Um, so they had mentioned that earlier, where they're not bound by the restraints of those. Form of those uh, organizations, it's you're allowed to pursue your own power to the extent that you want to go. Right. And it's that kind of freedom that they crave. Yeah. Until they, you know, want to serve Zinch and bind themselves to him and become a demon prince, which is, yeah, it's a pretty good goal. Yeah. I just think it's funny that it literally says if they go too much from the magical energy, if it overcomes them, spawn. Which not everybody mm-hmm. comes to spawn. Let's face it, most of them just die, right? You know, but a couple special ones. <laughs> yeah, but these guys spawn. Okay, and then uh, let's see. Fate masters are basically like you said, the old chaos lord on a disc. Yeah, um, and we've already talked about that. You can't just be a tough guy. You can't just be a chaos lord, a, a face punching, armor wearing guy. You've got to show cunning and quick thinking. Um, because you have to if you're going to pass the dreaded, the dreaded nine trials of fate, which they tell us no more about that. It's sort of like when they talked about Korn's different uh, ways to achieve his things. So the eightfold path, yeah, the eightfold path. Now you got the nine trials of fate, and the only way you become a fate master. Um, I mean, we know these because it's the Lord on a disc. It's just got a new name. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, I think two more. We've got cur- or no three more. We've got the curslings, which is basically what we mentioned before. Um, <laughs> something goes wrong in their search for arcane knowledge, and the secrets coalesce inside their bodies to form an eldritch tumor of forbidden knowledge that grew until it was possessed by a spirit creature from the realm of chaos known as a treachlet. And basically it sits behind them and whispers in their ears and gives them information. Um, and apparently they can, if they're near other wizards, because they can smell out lies and smell out secrets, uh, if there are other wizards nearby, they can often just steal the knowledge of how to do their spells and throw them back at them. Mm-hmm. That's a nice little ability. Yeah, it's what they took village from the old world and adapted it into something that makes a little more sense 
rather than it's just a big warrior twin that was conjoined. This is something that I think fits the model more. Oh, that mean, that just, was a really clever story. The big, it was, but it wasn't. I don't know. Like that model never fit for me for what they were trying to get it as. It's yeah. Now it's two twin brothers conjoined together. One's the brute and one's the smart one. But this, I think it has a bit more of a place now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. Now we got to Zangors. Some are Gorkin that were corrupted. Um, or elevated by a Zangor shaman. Others could be humans that have gone through with the shamans. Some are beast children. Some are mutants. And basically, uh, the only thing I hear is that Zangors are a lot smarter than regular beastmen. And so they look down on regular beastmen. Mm-hmm. Regular beastmen are dumb, stupid brutes by the, by the figuring of the Zangors, which I just think is kind of funny. Um. Uh, that's about it. Uh, the one thing I thought was cool was the ritual where they uh, they take they uh, they take all the busted, broken armor and weapons that they got from the enemies after a battle, and they do a huge ritual, and Zinch turns it into like awesome armor for them, mm-hmm. which I thought was neat because it's like you know Beastman always had that crummy, it was always the nasty armor and not very good armor. But this is clean and polished and, and, and way too sharp for what you would expect from a beast. Man. Yeah, it's intricate and ornate, and that's at the end of a battle. They go and they gather all the stuff, and they give praise to Zinch, and Zinch gives them awesome weapons on top of everything else. Yeah. Um, and there's two – well, there's three different, like, classifications for Zangors. There's an elevation. If you've earned enough esteem in the eye of the patron, they – become either the enlightened or the skyfires with the enlightened um being able to work better on the past and the skyfires um with the gift to see potential futures so it again plays into how like kairos is broken down into the past and the future so they play on that a little more yeah and i don't do it now enlightened they have Enlightened may be on a disc, am I correct? But not necessarily. Yeah, it's but, a choice, but but Skyfires have to be. Yeah. Um. I you know what I think is interesting is uh, they talk about how you know all these Kyric acolytes they have all these tomes in these libraries. Uh, the Zangor shamans write it out on beast hide. It says some of which is still attached to living creatures. So you'll see the Gorgons and the Jabberslies and the Razor Gores and the Chimeras uh, with the world. And they've got all these runes and stuff carved into them or painted on them or whatever. And, uh, you know, these um, the Zangors stay near, you know, the, the, especially the, 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 the enlightened ones will stay near them because that's all their information mm-hmm. just written on the on the animals, which. It's just odd, but it, it makes total sense for these these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last but not least is the Kyric acolytes, the humans, the like actual cultists, right? Which we've not had like a like we have blood reavers, um, but we've not like had like a proper cultist outside of like a marauder. 
in mm-hmm. uh, even fantasy. Well, we had cultists way back, but they got turned into marauders, and now they're kind of getting their own delineation. Um, and Carrick acolytes are the base of the cult members. Um, they don't become an acolyte, like a fully fledged Carrick acolyte, until they pass through uh, Weird Flame and emerge unscathed, and then they get transformed when they go through the fire. Which I kind of imagine like how Malekith was when he went through the flame of a sermon. Right. Or Assyrian or Assyrian. Assyrian, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they change into this form that's more pleasing to Zinch, which is kind of like that muscle bound ideal. It makes them a better warrior in his service. And they learn a glamour to transform back into what they look used to look like. Right. Um so what so I think is neat is their masks and their greaves and even their blades are all hidden mm-hmm. inside their skin. Like yeah. they get sucked in. So like when they transform into big when, – when they hulk out, basically, you know, they look like little scrawny, you know, librarian. All of a sudden librarian turns around and turns into, you know, this, this guy on the cover of you know, Health and Fitness. Mm-hmm. But the, the greaves and the – the the anything the that tattoos wear, the tattoos but the masks those all like just ripple and 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 pull right out of their their own skin and form yeah. around them it's like well that's nice i mean that's totally hidden no one's going to find that and uh you never you never have to worry about not having your your gear with you and it's just but it it was just cool the way it was described how it just all ripples right into and out of their own skin i'm like oh okay yeah, and they go to war like chanting and f- stuff that I makes almost your admit, ears bleed to hear it. Yeah, it's almost like if you've seen the movie The Mummy, I know it wasn't the best of movies, but it's still pretty good. Well, where the, yeah, where they go around chanting Imhotep. That's right. kind of like what I have with these guys, but a lot more chaotic and off rhythm. Yeah. You know what else I think is interesting? They've got all the weird chanting and stuff. Uh, when they meet up for meetings, they don't change in front of one another. No, like, they do that separate. So so none of them actually know who the other guys are in their group. Like what like whatever their 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 secret identity is, like the other guys don't even know it. Like they keep that mm-hmm. from everybody. And I'm like, okay, that's smart. Yeah, and it's also like a. I find that that kind of plays more into like the Zinch internal paranoia too, mm-hmm. because you don't know who you can trust. Right, and you would think they would want to know who each other are, so they don't step on each other's toes and stuff. But hey, only the only the strong ones, the best ones, move forward. And I don't want anyone knowing who I am and plotting against me. Who says right. you're going to stay out of my way? It's, it is. It's it's a paranoid thing going on. Um, I also like how they talk about how they're just constantly working, corrupting things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their job. They're sitting there. They are they are breaking alliances by pretending to be people. They are sowing mistrust everywhere. It's corrupt, 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 corrupt. And then if they're found out or if the time is right, hulk out and trash the place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. It works perfectly. It's... it's, it's it really um, just fits this entire storyline. And to get this, these mortal cultists 
to get them a good backstory like this. I was really glad they had they got a decent story that fits now, and now you've got some awesome models to go with it. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. That's uh, that's all the entries. We are up to well, armies of unreason. We can go through the twenty or some odd pages of really fantastic artwork. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's a little there's a little bit of a story here, uh, and then they get the allegiance abilities, and we're going to get some of the uh, a couple of battle plans and stuff. I'm not worried about that right now. I mean, there's so many battle plans. I really want to start talking about some of this stuff and getting to some of those lists you wrote up. Yeah, but the cool stuff only thing I do want to say about the battle plans is they're different from the battle plans we've seen before. The battle plans in previous battle tomes will tell you the story behind the battle. You don't get that this time. No, all you got was that little thing right before we got to the forces. There's like that. There's a pic, uh, Zyklos Change Masters, and you've got that and. Uh, Let's see. It's uh, page sixty-eight and sixty-nine. It's Change Masters, and it's basically mostly a giant picture. But it's basically, uh, Zangor Shaman Zyklon leads an army of arcane warriors known as the Change Masters. They roam the mortal realms, some to learn more from their master, some because they're bound to his service. And uh, you get a little bit about him and his and his forces, and then mm-hmm. that leads. It's just. I mean, it's literally. It's a third of two different pages with a huge picture of the army. On top, which basically, and this army is a little bit of everything. Yeah, which is Tyros fine. Weaver. Yeah, but I mean, that works for this. And that way you get the, the couple of stories Yep, in there. Um, let's take a break. And yep. we'll come back and we'll hit all the allegiance abilities and all that good, good stuff right when we come back. Check out that guy in the Garage Hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the Garage Hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. And we are back. Talking allegiance abilities, command traits, and all that neat stuff. Oh, yeah. So, uh, everyone's already talked about this ad nauseum. The the battle trait, the Master of Destiny, is just kind of awesome. Yeah. The mechanic of taking dice and using it, like, being able to switch them in before you do rolls, so you kind of know a little bit of what's going to happen, or you know exactly what's going to happen, depending on the roll. The thing that I find most interesting is that they selected nine types that you can use the dice rolls at. 
You can use nine dice for nine things, and none of them is uh, getting the turn order roll. Yeah, none of it's the double priority turn. roll. Yep. Um, but it's still they could have done any number of things that you could use these rerolls for. But at the end of the day, they boiled it down to nine, and you have nine dice. Got to keep that nine, man. That's his number. Yeah, but it's that's cool. So you almost wonder what are they going to do when they get around if they get around to Slanesh, Corn, and Nurgle, are they going to continue with this kind of trait that they've been doing? Which I certainly hope that they do. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Something this clever that really resonates with that particular god's strengths and abilities. Um, but so, okay, you can replace any die before you roll it. You don't replace a die before you roll it. You pick one of these nine that you rolled, you roll it, you put them aside with that that number there, and basically you can just say, I need this number, and put it down instead of rolling that die. Right. Um, and, I mean, you could use it for anything. I mean, if there's a, I mean, you can, and you don't have to pick all the dice in the pool. I mean, you could literally pick, what, like, you know, it's the end of the game, I have to make this charge to get to this thing or else I'm not going to win, or I have to get this much of a run. You'd be like, I just pick one die. I'll pick a two because I have to get at least a three. I've got a two left. I'll use it because the other die can't be, you know, can't make me less than my thing. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's, there's another game here suddenly. Yeah. And it's another resource mechanic on top of a game that's a little more resource mechanic heavy and um, figuring how things work in conjunction. So now you have another thing that goes into which is your planning on when to use this when you need to use it and adapting which yep. plays there very thematically to zinch right and it falls into the nine the cast the unbind roll charge hit wound save damage or battle shock that's <laughs> that, that covers just about everything for you yeah it it almost does with the exception of obviously the turn right which which good. is a, Yes. Because that, they actually they took that away from Fate Weaver and good. Yeah, Filth Weaver needed that knock, but And you know what? It's it, just that anyone who would have had that, that's I'm just that priority role, uh you can I mean people the people who don't like it complain that it can swing a game so heavily. It needs to stay random. Oh yeah. You need Absolutely. to be able to to plan for it but not guarantee it. Being able to guarantee that having a double turn when you want it is just like oh no, no no no. No. All right, so let's uh look at um now they break no of course this is longer than anybody's list because you have three sets of command traits. Yeah, it depends on the keywords of your general whether it's arcanite, demon or mortal. But a lot of them will have multiple keywords, whether it's Arcanite Demon or Arcanite Mortal or whatever. So you get to choose based on which ones your general has. Right. Um, the first three for all of them are the same. Yes, they are. Um, which is you either generate two additional spells for your general from appropriate lore. The demons are the only ones that get the lore of change. And then the, the other, guys get the lore other of fate. two yeah. get lore of fate. Um, the nexus of fate is you can uh, roll a dice, and on a one or a six, you replace a destiny die from your pool with the number you rolled. So you either get the best or the worst. 
which is fine as we'll and you go can through choose to do it. Which yeah. I mean, and both numbers are great. Sixes are always good, and ones really I can pick. Are, I mean, you can blink. Yeah, you, they're deceptively good in how this army plays out, especially if you go demon heavy, because then it becomes all right. Well, I'm going to guarantee that I'm going to put D6 horrors back on this unit and Merry Christmas. Right. Sorry. Oh, no, I like that a lot. Uh, the third one, you can unbind spells within 27 inches instead of 18. Which for those that can't do math, it's nine times three. <laughs> Um, well, 18 and, is two times three, so yeah, you get that extra nine inches. Yeah. Um, but, and who wouldn't like an extra nine inches on your unbinding Whoa. attempts? On your yeah. unbinding attempts, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, I mean, you still have to get the line of sight, um, and it's only with your general. But being able to stop people from casting spells at the top of one when most players are out of range, that's a pretty big advantage. Yes, and once again, it uh, is thematic, too. These guys are just, they can shut down. They have a better chance at shutting down your magic, and all of them can get it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there are entire battle, uh, there are war school battalions in here that are just, hey, I'm ta- take three to nine wizards. Uh, okay. I mean, sure, done. Wouldn't be a bad thing to take that as an ability then. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I think of the ones, I, I think the Arcanites got some of the coolest ones. They got some okay ones. Um, I mean, the big one, the Boundless Mutation, where you get to like heal wounds every hero phase, unless you roll a one. Yeah, on a um, two or more, it, you get back D3 wounds every hero phase. That's yeah, and good. on a one, you take a wound, and if that kills you, you turn into a spawn. Yep. Cool. Not gonna hey, lie. You know what? It, but here's the thing, you you know, the thing that 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 I like about that is it, it's never actually going to kill you. I mean, it'll take away your general, which will suck. But there'll be a sp- there's something left behind. Yeah, it's not like it just completely removed the piece, right? Or any of these big expensive uh, demons or characters. They're not going to have this, so you're not going to lose a whole heck of a lot. No, this is this is an Arcanite thing. This isn't a demon thing. This is one of the Arcanite characters, and. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, is a spawn great? No, spawn's not that good at all. However, it's going to be there, nothing. and it's in. And if it, it's you know, it's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with, or that you can get in the way with. It's, I mean, it's it's better than just dying, you know. Yeah. Um, um, plus two bravery. Get, mm. Yeah, it works. Yeah, and their other um, one, the other one reminds you of a little bit of the sacrificial dagger. Yeah. It does, and they have the there's a terrain feature that lets you do the same thing, um, which is like damned or something to that extent. Um, but this one is huge. You basically knife a couple guys in the unit next to your general, and then you get to reroll castings for the duration of that phase and increase the range of all spells by nine. So that becomes mostly 27 inch ranges. Right. Which is, again, you're reaching across the board and touching someone before they've even moved, which you normally cannot do. Exactly. And the fact that if you get a guy who's got a lot of spells, which, I mean, it's only your general. A lot of times it's only going to be one or two spells. But re-rolling mm-hmm. that die roll is like, oh, I'm going to get this. You know? Yeah. And when we get to the cursling, I think he's the one that benefits the most from this. Oh, but can he take it? 
Yeah, he's oh, an Arcanine. Oh, the Cursling can. Yeah, the Cursling can. I thought you said the Changeling for a second. I'm like, he's oh, no. a special Cursling. character. No. Yeah. no, Cursling is probably the guy that benefits the most from that. And we'll get to that when we get to his. Right. Um, the Demons got some okay ones. I think they definitely favor Allura to change um, more so than the other Demons, where you get to bump up your melee damage. Um, yeah, plus one damage are, on all melee weapons, minus one to hit you in combat, reroll saves of one. So once again, yeah, you're you're, you're more fragile. Yeah, which and you know they've got like fourteen wounds or something. Now they're not exactly fragile, but any of these, um, I mean, you know, if, depending on how you want to play it, minus mm-hmm. one to hit you. I would probably take minus one to hit you over reroll saves of one. Yeah, just with the destiny dice mechanic. Uh-huh. I would definitely go with the minus one to hit in combat. And right. the only one of my characters I playing a demon heavy, the only one I would want to be comfortable with getting in combat is a Lord of Change. Right. So. Right. Otherwise, if it's a smaller one, then you could do the reroll saves of one because that's in combat and you're not going to get into combat or if you can avoid it, I guess. Right. Um, and then the Zinch Mortals, also known as Slaves to Darkness and stuff. Um, they get uh, they get basically get a six up the six up ward save, um, and a six plus a six plus to wound adds a mortal wound on top of the damage, which is not mm-hmm. bad, especially if you're taking the Zinch Mortals because you're probably doing a you know a, a you know a Zinch Chaos Lord or something like that a guy who's already hitting hard, yeah, and then you're like oh I can just add on mortal wounds on top of that, um, and then Illusionist minus one to hit you in the shooting phase, Whomp. I yeah, it's not terrible. No, right. and if you pick right before your game and you see that your opponent is walking in with, you know, a bunch of error boys or a bunch of, uh, you know, judicators, I suppose, you can take it. But some of the other stuff has just got a little more glitz and glare. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh-huh. What else? Uh, artifacts of power. No, you got two sets here. Artifacts of power for the Arcanites and the mortals. And then you've got demonic gifts for the demons. Um, there's some, cool and even then, it's too. two separate charts. Yep. For each one of those, so you're flush for options. Yeah, there's 24 things here, and if you, you know, ugh, there's. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got. Uh, let's see. Let's look at the artifacts of power real quick. Um, if you're fighty, adding wounds and forgetting spells is not that bad. Uh, roll a yeah. dice at the end of the combat phase for any hero that suffers an unsaved wound from the weapon. On a five or six, they also take a mortal wound, and if they're a wizard, they forget a random spell for the rest of the battle. Yeah, and that one's the first weapon ambitions end, and that's actually one of the featured weapons in the demon section. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, so. And I thought it was... I thought it was cool. Um, it's a little limited because it, it's it is situational, and you got to roll. You got to get that good roll on top of it. But it's it's okay. But, uh, did you have a favorite in here, or did you just want to grab number the next one? Um, my favorite actually is uh, Secret Eater, um, which is the number two. Um, where you pick one of the bear's weapons to be the Secret Eater, and if every time they kill a hero, they get to roll a dice and add it to the destiny pool. Um, there are a couple of good fighters in the Arcanite list, whether it's the Changeling or, or the, not the Changeling, the Cursling or the Ogroid, um, was my first thought for this thing. 
um, because he can actually go in and crump something, um, whereas <laughs> the rest of them are not particularly good fighters. So I think this one being able to replenish that mechanic is a pretty okay thing, especially with a character that can actually get in there and rough something up. Yeah, you're just limited by the number of heroes and being able to get in there and get it. I mean, you're going to get one or two dice at best over the course of the game. But still, I mean, that's I mean, there's nine in the course of the game. If you can get two more, make it 11. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that's you're only playing five turns a lot of the time. I mean, you know, yeah. that's not I, you're, you're right. You can't complain. I like it. It's just it, it you're limited. He's got to get to the hero. He's got to kill him to get it. Um it's it's really powerful, but it just you don't get it a lot. And I guess that's balanced. If you got yeah. it any time you killed something, that would be like an auto take for everybody. Mm-hmm. If it was like a ranged weapon or something, right? And the spiteful shield, and that one was from the from the list of special uh, special weapons too. Um, the only thing I don't like about this is this this thing only works and helps you out if you're take if you're being hit. So for each yeah. successful hit roll made against the bearer in the combat phase. So for every hit you take in the combat phase, roll a dice, and on a six, the attacking unit takes a mortal wound once the attack's all finished and resolved. After you die. <laughs> well, it just hits. So yeah. you might not. they might not wound, and, and you might save them. But then, but, you know, it's like, I got to take a bunch of hits. And then uh, those mm-hmm. hits, I got to roll sixes, and I can do mortal wounds. Now, it just it, it, there's it doesn't seem like it would pay off to me. Got to no. take the hits. Got to roll the sixes. I could see if like if you had it and a hero is beating on you, and you then you can grab a destiny dice and do that mortal wound, and maybe he's only got the one left. But it's I mean it's so situational. It just it's that one to me doesn't hold up to the first two at all. No. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, Soul Droughts. This is a once per game. You can uh, pound the potion, and you get to roll three dice whenever you attempt to cast or unbind a spell, um, and use the highest two results. And that's in any hero phase because you can use this on the defense as well. This one's cool. I mean, it's only once per game, but that once per game can really turn the game around. Especially if you can swap in a destiny dice just to make sure that you stop a pivotal spell. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're going to have a big magic face. No, you're not. I'm going to cast. I'm going to use this. I get to roll three every time. If you roll really well, I'm going to draw. I'm going to grab a destiny die and roll the other two anyway. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, let's see. What's five? Glamour fetish. Um, they have to add one to the battle shock tests. For units within nine inches of you. Your um, opponent does. Yeah, your opponent. So that's actually not too bad if you plan on being in the thick of it or if you plan on... I mean, you can do it one of two ways. If you're going to get right into the middle of the fight, that's good. Um, or if you're going to be right behind leading uh, leading groups of fighters forward. You know, if you're sitting and you're buffing them... That's not a bad thing that, you know, hey, I'm right behind this unit. I'm four or five inches away. I'm not getting hit, but all of you are taking an extra, an extra, you know, one on the battle shock test. Not mm-hmm. great. Still not the one or the two, but not bad. Yeah. And then the six is 
uh, the Wind Thief, which is once per game they can double their move characteristic and move as if, as if they could fly. So you have like five or six is usually the average for infantry, and then they double up to 12. But if this is something on a disc, it goes to four, from 14, 16 to, what is that, 20, 28, 32. 32. So you get to relocate your character, essentially, if it's the right combination, to the other side of the board and change that end of things. So this is a good redeploy option and yeah. get your character where you need it. I mean, over you know two and a half feet on a four by six board is huge oh yeah yeah especially and you it this is the thing where you're giving it to that guy and you're sort of deploying him in the middle you know waiting to see if you're not certain where he's needed you know you got that he can always get where he needs to be or get away mm-hmm you know and that's it's a good panic button right you know oh my goodness I got to get out of here um Especially in scenarios where you need to get to certain places on the board too, it's like I'm mm-hmm. I'm there, we're done. But so uh, those are all the choices for artifacts the and treasures for the Arcanites and the mortals. Um, no, the mortals got their own too. No, it's the Arcanite heroes or mortal heroes use artifacts of power. Yeah, but the mortal heroes also have faded artifacts. Oh right, right, we right. We just right. did the treasures of the cults. Oh, right, right. So, yeah, okay, so Arcanites and Mortal Heroes can use all of this. Uh, Zinch Mortal Hero, can, who's not an Arcanite, can also pick these things. Uh, why don't you start off with this? So much here! Yeah, there's. we're going to spend a little while going through all this. Yeah. Um, the Wicked Shard. Um, so this one definitely should be going on a fighting character. Um, a lot of these really should be, but um, you get to reroll wound rolls of one for the weapon that you pick uh, to be the wicked shard, and you get to reroll all failed wound rolls if the bear successfully cast or unbound a spell. So again, that should be on a fighty sorcerer, which your dude on a disc. Yeah, but he's your not a sorcerer. He's oh, and he's not. That's right. No, the fate master unfortunately is not a wizard. That's um, right. So again, you're looking at a changeling or a cursling. Cursling. Because he is a mortal or um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, the change blade. Another one from the nine, you know, weaponized gifts of Zinch. Uh, whenever you kill a hero, you pick one of your melee weapons and call that one the change blade. So if you got like 50 to choose from, it's one. Uh Whenever you kill a hero with that weapon, replace it with a chaos spawn under your control, and the chaos spawn can't do anything this turn. Um, you know, you got to pay for it in match play, but it's only yep. sixty points. Um, well, the thing is, the problem that I have with this one is it says replace. It doesn't say set up. It says replace. Yeah, if you slay a model, replace it. So the model that you killed, you got to put. It, oh, so you have to put it right there. Yeah, yeah, but it's one of those things. Okay, it's saying in the handbook it says that when you set up a new unit, this is replacing a model. This isn't setting up a new unit. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it comes down to vernacular. It's the same thing with the Lord of Chaos for Slaves to Darkness. If they kill a hero. They get replaced with a demon prince. Does that count 
for match play points. Oh, I wonder. I mean, I'm guessing probably because you seem to have to pay for everything. Yeah, but it doesn't say set up. Right. Uh, I don't so know. It's it's a weird thing. I don't even know that right answer. They, like, that'll wind up getting FAQ'd. They've actually been pretty good about that stuff. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, and there's, uh, we're going to talk about this later when it comes up to some other stuff in here because I even had questions about that and, and, and how how you would work and how things would get paid for. Uh, and I think with uh, with with so much stuff that can get summoned from here, I think you're going to see a clarification of how to pay the summoning for mechanic, summoning yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, I think you're going to see that in the in the second handbook at the very latest. Yeah. Um, um, so the number three is the Nexus staff, um, where you pick one of the bearers' weapons. It's the only one that says weapon, not melee weapon. Um, and this one is every time you slay a hero. Um, you can unleash it as a burst of power, which is you roll a dice for every enemy unit within nine inches. Um, and on a four or more, um, you deal D3 mortal wounds to that unit. Um, this one is the only one that says it can be a ranged weapon, too, because it just says weapon. Right. And the Magister has a gun or a change staff, which is a shooting attack. Or the God Summoner has the same thing, so could this work. is something that they could use. Let's see what else we got here. The Time Slip Pendant. Um, once per battle, at the end of any combat phase, you can pile in an attack a second time. If you're yeah. super choppy, that would be bad. Yeah, that's another Ogroid one if you, if you want to... Oh, he can't take it. He's not immortal. Oh, that's right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Silly things. So many words. So many words. Um, well, the see, got, the Lord on the disc, who is kind of choppy, could take that. Yeah, he could. So. Um, Demon Heart, he can pop this at the end of any hero phase uh, to add plus one to the damage characteristic of all of his weapons for melee for the duration of the turn. Um but at the end of the turn, you have to, or end of the combat phase, you have to roll a dice, and on a one, you take a mortal wound. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, and at the end, last one, Paradoxical Shield, which is the one I liked. Uh, plus two to any save rolls that the bearer makes. However, you must re-roll all successful save rolls you make for them. So you get a plus two to your save, but you got to make them twice. Mm-hmm. Which I suppose if your save is like a four up or a three up plus two to it's not bad. No. Then you just gotta just roll it and as long you gotta roll it twice and, and don't roll once on the second roll, you know? Um that's pretty doable. Yeah. Um But that's that's that. And that's for the the special stuff for the mortals. Now demons get a whole there's a lot of stuff. I mean I just feel kinda silly as we're just running through all of it. Like is is anyone gonna remember any of this stuff? I mean there's cool things in here though. So I wanna pick it, you know? Um let's see. Uh Zinch Demon Hero can take either a weapon or a power. And there's six weapons and six powers. And uh let's see. The first weapon, the warp fire blade. Pick one of your melee weapons. Uh, wound rolls of six cause a mortal wound in addition to their normal damage. Boom, boom, boom. Does it quick. Mm-hmm. Um, second one is sentient weapons. Uh, enemy units can never benefit from modifiers to their save rolls, such as cover when this D3 
demon attacks you. That's cool. actually kind of cool because yeah, that gets around a lot. That gets around the the she the mystic shield, the terrain, any of the other weird bonuses people can give you. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, no, your, your save roll doesn't change. I mean, even uh, the, there's a, one of my Stormcast characters will let you. Add yeah, one the lantern. Your, yeah, add one to your save roll. So I'm in the forest and I got plus one of my save roll. So no, 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 not against this. Once again, it's just one weapon though, so it's only going to be a couple of attacks. No, it says attacks, not. Oh, that's right. It's pick a weapon. This one's different. Oh, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry. That's good. Against attacks made by the demon. Okay, you're right. But a lot of them are. are that's why I just defaulted to that that argument because. You know, when that happens, when it's one weapon, it's only a couple of attacks unless you got something really special. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, yeah, that's Blade of Fate. Um, so you pick one of the bear's melee weapons to be the sword. If you have at least one dice in your destiny pool when making an attack, you get to reroll failed hit and wound rolls of one. Cool. But if you've got all nine in there when that model attacks, you can instead reroll all failed to hit and wound rolls. So that one, I don't know. It seems a little all or nothing. Well, it works really good early, but even rerolling the ones, you know, throughout the it's rest of cool. the game is not bad. Uh, you know, if you plan on being choppy. Yeah, which would be again like a Lord of Change. Right. Let's see. Soul Eater. Uh, pick one of the melee weapons to be the Soul Eater. Each time it slays a hero, add one to the weapon's attacks for the rest of the battle. Again, it sounds really great, except you're only going to kill one or two heroes. And that last couple of extra attacks, if you're killing a hero near the end of the game, you're probably not getting into a a tussle oh. with, with a big unit. So those extra attacks, you're not going to get to use them all that much. So, I mean, this mm-hmm. one I just this one didn't impress me all that much, at least not nearly as much as maybe the next one. Yeah, do you want to take that one? Go ahead. You got it. Okay, uh, so Phantasmal Weapons, so you get to bump the rend of all melee weapons wielded by this demon by one. So, and, and this and one's weird. dash is even, they specified, it becomes a rend one. Yeah, um, and with one of the new options for the Lord of Change, this hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, they can take a sword, which is normally rend two, and now goes to rend three, so it hits like Galmaraz. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because now anything, most things, the best save you're going to get on most non-characters is a four up, and this makes that go away. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, the last one is the Pyro Fire Stave, uh, plus one to the bearer's shooting attacks, plus one to wound. So, I mean, not bad if you're shooting a lot. If you got a shooty demon. But I don't know if I would pick that over these other five. It depends on how you built your Lord of Change. Lord of Change has got a pretty good gun um, with the rod of whatever it's called. Um, right. So, I mean, it's got its place, but I think you have some better options either with Phantasmal or Sentient Weapons on this list. They're all good fluff-wise. They're yeah. all good. Like, like any warrior would want this as a weapon who's going to go through lots of battles and kill hundreds of things. On the tabletop, when you've got to play for only five turns and kill 40 or 50 things, and it's only a few from that particular model, then it, it, it's questionable, a lot of it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's grab demonic powers real quick. Uh, first one, and once again, if this is another one that's good if you plan on being in combat. Okay. Roll a dice at the beginning of each combat phase for every enemy unit within three inches of the demon. On a four-up, that unit takes a mortal wound. If you plan on being in the thick of things, this might be okay. Yeah. Especially if you're in those units where it's like a lot of one-model things or just getting surrounded by stuff. Oh, okay, well, that, that works then. Mm-hmm. Um, next one's Aura of Mutability, which is you get to re-roll wound rolls of one. For friendly Zinch demons within three inches of the demon, that doesn't specify shooting or close combat. No, nope, so it's just both. Reroll wound rolls of one for friendly units, but it's a very small radius of effect. It is, but you can still hit two, maybe three units of demons, and Skyfires are demons. So That's true. And then Pink Horrors have a shooting attack. So there's a lot of benefit you can get out of this one. I feel. Or flamers getting to reroll two moon rolls a one. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay. Uh let's see. The Um is it my turn? Is it the cursed Icor? Is that mine? Sure. Uh okay. This is another power that's based on you taking wounds. I read this and said, Oh no, thank you. Uh, yeah. Roll a dice after any wounds are inflicted on this demon on a two or more. An enemy model within an inch of them suffers a mortal wound. If several enemy models are within range, randomly determine which one suffers the mortal wound. Um, I like getting rid of mortal wounds as much as anybody, but uh, I mean, you know, it's good to get rid of them, I sh- should say. But, you know, I don't know this whole once again, I'm just going to try to not take a beating and then I won't need yeah. this. I could pick something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Wellspring of Arcane Might. You can reroll any casting roll, which are sh- roll dice, which are showing a one for friendly units of demons within nine inches of the demon. This cool. Is good. If you have a yeah. Bunch, once again, if you're playing a caster heavy army. Yeah. Rerolling ones to cast is is a good deal. Um. You know, especially if you gamble and don't use those dice or don't have any of those destiny dice left. You know, oh no, I got a one. Okay, retry. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh let's see what else. Aspect of Zinch. Whenever you spend a destiny dice and this model's on the battlefield, roll a die. On a six, you can roll another die and add it back to your pool. Um this is another one that's gonna be rare but nice. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It's cool. It's an actual little thing. Um, and then Mark of the Conjurer. So when you attempt to summon a Zinch demon unit with this demon, add one to the casting roll. So if you're going to be summoning demons, if that's going to be part of the mechanic that you want to play to, this is cool because then you get the big unit of demons on a 9 instead of a 10. Right. I can't imagine that that wasn't deliberate. Um, <laughs> but, you know. So, I mean, it's cool. It's not... I think there are better ones on that chart than that one, but it just depends on how you build your army. Right. And so that's all the different artifacts of power for both the mortals and the demons. There's cool stuff in there. So much of it's situational, though. Like, you know, we're going through it saying, yeah, there's other better things. Um, Not necessarily. I mean, there are good things. There's things I would definitely take. Uh, Nothing is screaming 
I have to take this and I'm glad. Yeah, it just depends on your general and how you want to play, which is awesome to see. Yeah, you can suit them up as as appropriate. Um, so what is next? What's next? Let's hit, uh, you know what, let's do the lore of fate and the lore of change as quickly as we can, and then we'll take a, we'll take a break. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so lore of fate is for the uh, Zinch Arcanite Wizards and Zinch Mortal Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one on both of them are the same, even for the lore of change, which is the demon one. Um, mm-hmm. Casting value of 8, 18 inches, D6 mortal wounds. Pick a unit with an 18, boom, D6 mortal wounds. Bolt of Zinch. Ow. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Um, number two is probably, I don't know, I really like this spell. Um, Arcane Suggestion, cast value 7, pick a unit that isn't a hero or a monster with an 18, and it's an enemy unit. Um, and you roll a D3, and on a 1, they take D3 mortal wounds. On a 2, they subtract 1 from to hit and to wound rolls until the end of the turn, or... They subtract one from their save rolls. So your army is really not super combat-y if you're going more Arcanite heavy. I mean, they can be, but this is that extra little pip. And I just think it's cool that it's like this is speaking to that paranoia and yeah. delusional type stuff. So, I mean, that's why I really like this one. But I, I don't mind it. It's just what you're getting is is randomized, and it's like, oh, I kind of want to not be as randomized. I mean, I get why it is. I just, I, I'm walking away from it. Um, so this is interesting. The glimpse of the future. Okay, cast on a seven. Only one wizard can attempt to cast this per turn. If successfully cast, roll a die, add it to your destiny dice pool. I mean, that's really good. Here's my question. Unless I missed something when I was kind of going through the scrolls. Um, is there anything that allows you to cast the same spell twice in a turn? I thought the rule of one made that very the, clear. Yeah, the rule of one only applies if you're using pitched battle rules. Oh, okay. So this is this for no matter what. Yeah. Oh, I was kind of hoping that... They're putting this in, I'm like, hmm, is there going to be some sort of a change to the rule of one? You can attempt, uh, you know, spells multiple times, and you only have to stop when it's successful. I was kind of hoping for that, so yeah, got my Yeah, answer. and there's a couple of things, like the Fate Sworn Warband for Zinch, ironically enough, where you can cast multiple arcane bolts, um, but the rule of one stops that. So maybe we're getting a glimpse of the future. Ooh. Boom, cheat. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, boy. All right. Take the shield Sorry. of fate, buddy. Okay. Uh, so this one's a buff. Uh, cast value 5 inch. Uh, five. friendly. Or cast value of 5. <laughs> range of 18 inches. Um, until the start of your next hero phase. This is a re-roll save rolls depending on the number of destiny dice in the pool. Um, so if you have 1 to 3 destiny dice, you get to re-roll save rolls of 1. One and two if you have four to six dice, or one, two, and three if you have uh, seven to nine dice. And it says here that as your destiny dice pool fluctuates up and down, this changes. It doesn't just stay the same. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and this 
plays a lot to me if you take like a mortal heavy list where you're taking a lot of chaos warriors and a lot of armor. Right. So, yeah, that makes them pretty tanky. Uh, let's see. Um, what else? Infusion Arcanum. Uh, cast on a five. If you're successful until your next hero phase, you can put one to all the hit and wound rolls for him. So That's pretty okay. Yeah, that's not bad. But really, I keep looking and nothing really seems to stand up to number six here. No. No, this one's the coolest. Uh, so casting value six, um, pick a friendly unit within 18 until your next hero phase. Um, as long as that unit is within nine inches, whenever um, the caster would suffer a wound, either unsaved or a mortal wound on a two plus, you roll a dice and on a two, the chosen unit takes a mortal takes the wound instead so you're shunting wounds off onto your brothers which is cool yeah i mean that's kind of awesome because now you if you got a unit of 20 or 30 near you they're just hit me all you want i'm just gonna slough it off on this fool over here Mm-hmm. um so that's that's not bad for the lore of fate which is the human lore but then we get to the lore of change and, you know, still got that bolt of Zinch, like we said. Mm-hmm. But then we get Treason of Zinch. Um, now, I got a question about this. On a five, on a five, pick an enemy unit with an 18 inches caster. One model in the unit you pick immediately attacks the rest of the unit as if it were the combat phase, using whichever weapons you choose. So, does that mean this works for all the weapons that, you know, if he's got more than one weapon? can use it for all of them because it's whichever weapons you choose there are some things that have multiple attacks um like the one how am i thinking uh let's say you're hitting a zangor unit they get the beaks and their weapon so you get to pick which one of those well it says whichever weapons you choose i that's what i was at i was wondering if you can just fit, i'll use it with all of them hmm interesting you know I'm just I'm just wondering if that's what it meant. And I know I'm I'm not trying to rules lawyer here, it's just an S. But it didn't say whatever weapon you choose, it said with whatever weapons you choose. Interesting. Yeah. And and you can't use this against like Archeon. Or, no. or you can't use it against something that's got a character. Mm-hmm. You know, because if they're a unit of one, they don't attack they won't actually pull out their weapon and hit themselves with it. Which is a shame. Well, it makes a little sense. You have some some will. You know, you pull out your weapon and attack the guy next to you. That's one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one, like I said, I just, I'm wondering if, which, you know, if you can use only one weapon or multiple. But, okay. Why don't you grab Arcane Transformation? We can run, get these Okay. So this one, you pick a hero with an 18. It's cast value 7. Um, you can permanently increase that model's move, bravery, or attacks characteristic by one. However, each hero can only be chosen as the target of the spell once per game. Yeah, I don't know about this spell. Uh, you get a one, a, a one, a single pip boost once a game. Yeah, I mean it's a neat little mutation thing, which is cool. But I don't know if it's like as cool as uh, Fold Reality or some of the other ones we're going to get to later. Exactly. Uh, unchecked mutation, uh, cast on a seven. 
pick a unit in 18. They take D3 mortal wounds. And then you roll a 5 or a 6. Or you roll a dice. And on a 5 or a 6, the unit suffers another mortal wound. And you roll another dice as above. So does that mean you... They take another mortal wound and you roll another dice. And if it's a five or six, they take another mortal wound. And do you keep doing that? Is it like an exploding five or six? Yeah, it looks like it's an exploding five, six. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because it doesn't say to keep doing it over and over again. But that do it, roll it is part of the whole thing. If you, you know, I don't know. Once again, I'm not trying to be rules lawyer. I just want to make sure that I'm not thinking that this is more awesome than it is. Because if you only get it once, I mean, how many times are you going to roll five or six in a row? You know, you're only going to get a couple. It's better if you can just, if it explodes, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's one of those things that using a destiny dice, it can be unreal, but it's just whether or not the rule of one hits this. Ah, right. So, why don't you take your full reality? Okay, so this one, uh, you pick a Zinch demon unit with an 18 friendly. Cast value 7 and uh, roll a dice. Um, on a 2 or more, you get to return that many slain models to the unit on a roll of 1. The unit's wiped out. This one plays directly into the destiny dice. So if you need to get a unit of horrors back up to fighting strength, you just roll the spell, get it, and it's like, okay, well, I'm not even going to try. Oh, no, you actually have to roll for this one. You can't use destiny dice on this one. Okay, never mind. I thought it was cooler <laughs> than it was. <laughs> yep. And that's not one of the things you can use a destiny die for. But still, I mean, most of the time you won't, you'll, I mean, you know, it's two out of six. I like this spell. I, yeah. That's worth the risk, you know. Uh, finally, Zinch's Firestorm, which is as fickle as Zinch's. You roll a, uh, roll, it's a casting value of nine. Pick an enemy unit within 18 inches, roll nine dice, and for every six, they take D3 wounds, mortal wounds. So you got nine dice. You could roll a crap ton of sixes and deliver out up to 20. I mean, potentially up to 27 wounds in this yeah. in this attack. Uh, more likely than not, three or four wounds, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the potential's there. I mean, I, you know. It could happen. I kind of like it. Um, but yeah, that fold that fold reality is the one that, that makes me happy. Yeah. So, all right. So that's that's all the junk you can pick before getting to the war scrolls. Yeah. So, ugh. All right. Take a break, and now uh, and then it's going to be war scroll and uh, army picking time. So we'll be back in just a minute. folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mirce miniatures at mirceminiatures.com 
Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. Closer and closer to getting this one in the can. So much stuff! Yeah, this thing is gigantic. It's like 135 pages, and there's just so much to talk about. We aren't even hitting all of it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff in here, though. I mean, if you got to, you know, if you had to roll for this stuff, I mean, just, uh, could you be just rolling for all these different, uh, you know, the the different, you know, things we just went through, you know? I, I can see picking them you know uh you know we you definitely have favorites depending on what type of an army you're running mm-hmm. uh, but even rolling for them though you can get some wonky stuff that's kind of funny I, I like the idea of with all these different items you can get some really wonky things but I'm, i don't i don't there's with, with few exceptions i'm not seeing something that jumps out at me and says this is going to get taken all the time yeah um the one where you can ch- uh, glimpse the future? No, not glimpse the future. Uh, the one that you can basically put wounds off on another unit near you. That's that one's good. Um, but some of the other stuff is not. You know, I mean, once again, yeah. Depending on your build, it can be any of these things. Could be the one that stands out for you. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. I, I'm not seeing something jump out as this is the one. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know what? We'll s- let's kind of skip the battalions, I think. Uh, and the Path to Glory campaign. Um, you, know, I, you know, we don't have to go through all the cool things that they get. Uh, if you're if you're looking to play path a uh, play Path to Glory, you're gonna want to check this out. Uh, mm-hmm. Decent rewards for the champions. Decent rewards for the followers. Uh, getting the patronage of Zinch is nice. Uh, there's some cool stuff in there. Um, you know, the different uh, lesser and greater and exalted rewards. But that stuff, I mean, if you're going to play it, look it up. You know, there's nothing here that I think we need to really go and discuss. I think the fact that it's in here is the thing that's worth discussing. Yeah, and this is the first time we're seeing that in a battle tome. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm hoping that this will be a regular thing. Yeah, me too. Where this will be attached to everything going forward. Yeah, everybody who was saying, you know, you need to release something so that everybody, you know, every army gets uh, gets their thing. I, well, it's it, it's probably coming. You know, everyone's going to get it uh, as, as it's released. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to, you know. I mean, the General's Handbook will probably include these, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, when, you know, as, as, as it wants to be a, a more complete compendium, but uh, 
I'm just happy that they're here. That they're, you know, it's one more, one more thing in this huge book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, um, okay. Now the book starts out. We don't even get to the basic War Scrolls. We get to all of these War Scroll battalions, and I just want to point out there are six War Scroll battalions that are pretty much for the Zinch demon stuff with two uber battalions under that. And then there's six uh, Arcanite War Scroll battalions with two you know, uber battalions for them, too. Yeah, so, it's got three ubers. Because that first one is actually just a base Arcanite cult. It's not even one of the cool ones. <laughs> So, I mean, there's just so much in here, and it's one of those that you can seriously take a battalion just by taking the stuff that you want to take, and just it happens to fit a battalion. Yeah, and there's a there's a few things in here that I really like. We can come back to them, I, but I think you know, I think we want to get to the the actual to war the, scrolls and discuss yeah. those guys. But I know at least at the very least the Zangor Coven and the Witchfire Coven. I'm like, oh, those guys. Yeah. I, I, and they're cheap, and they really... I'm like, oh, those are good. Like, there's no reason I wouldn't take that one. That Zangor Coven is 40 points. And the Witchfire is 60. Yep. Did you... Oh, so you so you agree with me? Those were ones you were looking at as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm planning on making... Like, playing this army, so this is not just... Oh, oh nice. Alex is reviewing a book. This is what Alex wants to do. And those were the first two things I was looking at, was the Zangor Coven and the Witchfire Coven. Yeah, and, I, I know. So I'm like, yep, signs me up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, they're just good. And for that cheap of points, I mean, that's the the cost of a spawn or less. You get a, you get enough of a bonus to those scrolls where it's like, oh, I take it. Mm-hmm. But so here we go. We're on to the scrolls. We're on to the things. Um, Lord of Change and Kairos Fate Weaver. Those are our first pair. Yeah, the only, like the Lord of Change. Um, he got he's pretty much the same rules as he is prior to this, um, but he got a couple different options as far as weapons. He can either take a rod of sorcery, which gives him a shooting attack, um, which is pretty good. It's a good range, potentially a lot of attacks, and then threes and threes, no rend, but it could be threes and twos depending on the gift. Um, which is awesome, and he got a wound bump, like a pretty substantial increase. He went up four wounds. Yeah. Um, as you know, he is that big new awesome model now. So um, he's got that going for him, and then he got a sword option, which is another two attacks. Which this one isn't affected by his chart for how much damage he's taken. It's just. Four by two, rent two, damage three. So he hits like a Mack truck. Right. Um, potentially now, which is weird. We've not had a lot of Zinch demons that hit like Mack trucks, except for like a <laughs> soul grinder. Um, but this is now something I can actually go into combat and expect to put a hurt on. Yeah. And he's got, and he's still got the cool Lord of Change rules. If you, uh, when you roll your two uh, dice to cast or unbind, Whatever the high die is, they both count as that one. Yeah, so and this one can be modified by destiny dice. 
And all I gotta do is put down one. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what the other one is unless it's better. Well, I mean, yeah. Or you could just say, oh, I'm just picking the five and put it down. And then, yeah, unless you roll a six, you were guaranteed what you got. So I just, I love it. Um, spell Thief, I like this. If you unbind and your result is a nine or more, you get that spell mm-hmm. from them. So uh, it's pretty good. Let's see what else. Uh, his command ability is good. Uh, once again, if you're playing, you know, super casty uh, avian uh, people, one to all casting and unbinding rolls made for friendly zinch demon wizards within 18 inches of the Lord of Change. Ugh. So, yeah. There you go. You're already adding one to your to your rolls. You're going to hit half of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just basic stuff. It just makes it that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, they can cast and unbind two spells each phase, respectively. Uh-huh. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then his signature spell is the gateway. Um, cast value 7, 18 inches, roll 9 dice. And uh, for each roll that beats or equals the number on the damage table, that unit suffers a mortal wound. So if you hit this and he's untouched, you're essentially going to do 6 mortal wounds on average um, <laughs> if he's not taking any damage. Oh, so, that's yeah, that's so pretty good. okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, what else we got? Kairos Fate Weaver, still similar as before. Um, more expensive than the Lord of Change, less weapons than the Lord of Change, although they're pretty cool. Um, and so basically, he's got the same skills. Except he got that you can reroll, uh, you can change the result of a single die roll to whatever you choose, except for determining the who goes first in the battle round. Yeah, and that's once per battle. I mean, that's what a lot of people took him for, um, like competitively. So I think he's going to see a little less table action now. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, people will just take the Lord of Change for forty less points. Absolutely. All right, you two clowns, get out of here. So let's see, what else we got? Herald of Zinch on a disc or on a burning chariot. These are pretty good. They've got eight yeah. wounds. They're a five-up save. They can move 14 or 16. Um, yeah, depending on what it is. It's just there's no change in these scrolls Yep, from their previous versions. Yep. So let's see what else. Uh, what is What else is here? What has, has changed? Is the changeling different? The changeling's pretty cool. Yeah, the model has changed. The model's now that awesome right. swirly sculpt, but the rules themselves have not changed. Okay. Um, but he's a great copycat, and he really screws up with your opponent's ability to do things. Like the puckish misdirection, he can half right. the move of an enemy unit in the enemy hero phase. Um and then just for reference for those that haven't played against him yet, he starts counting as a friendly to your opponent's army until a hero gets close or he does something aggressive, um, like cast a spell or uh, hit something. Um, but other than that, he just chills over there and he screws up your movement phase. Oh, your big bad monster is so cool. Well, guess what? He only moves half his move. Yeah. Um, so you're going to stay away from me 
and the changeling's just going to follow you around and just really screw up your plans, which is <laughs> kind of what you should do. Yeah, especially if you get him where he pops in next to some big bad, and it's just like, guess what? You're only moving at half speed from now on. Yeah. You shouldn't start in the corner because you're never going to get to the battle now. Yeah, and he's got um, a neat trick where if he does get into combat, instead of using his stick, he can pick a melee weapon by that's wielded by the target unit and attack with that weapon using its profile. Yep. Um, I'd like to hit the Celestin Prime with Galmaraz. Thank you very much. I'd like um, to hit Archeon with the Sword of whatever it's with called. The Slayer of Kings. Yep. Yeah, and just auto-pop him. Good night. <laughs> so much fun. Oh, boy. What else have we got here? Let's see. Blue Scribe, Screamers of Zinch, Burning Chariots, all pretty much the same. Yeah, no real changes there. Exalted Flamers of Zinch and Flamers of Zinch, still pretty much the same. Yeah. They didn't do a lot to the demons except for the big guys. Right. We get to the pink horrors, and, um, you know, in match to play, you have to pay for the turning into the blue horrors and stuff, so they become expensive. You have to put a lot into reserve if you want this to work. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. I mean, it's exactly what you think it is. They turn into the two blues. and the, Now, the two blues, if a blue one dies, it puts out one model. It doesn't put out two models. But each model, obviously, uh, each model gets two attacks for brimstone and stuff like that because it counts as... It's one base, one model, but it counts as two little brimstone guys because they're so small. Yep. Two of them go on a base. And that's and all adorable. accounted for. There they are. They're so cute. But uh, it's just a lot of models. And it costs. I mean, you know, a unit of 10 pink horrors is 140. Yeah. And as those are dying, that becomes 20 blue horrors, which winds up costing you another 100. So you're at 240. And then another 40 for the brimstones. Brimstones, so. but there's 20 blue horrors now. So there's going to be 80 because you're going to have to put out 20 brimstones. Right. So, so 180 and 140, we're looking at 320 points for this unit if you pay for the for all of it, you know, for all the changes yeah. and stuff. But that's also 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 wounds. Yeah, it's pretty crazy amount of wounds. And especially if you're playing a lot of scenarios where model count is required, turning 10 into 20 is not the worst thing ever. Um, I think right now how the game is set up, um, a Zinch Demon Army will do a lot better in narrative play. Like, because then you don't have to worry about paying for these things. Yes, true. Um, then it will in a match play environment, similar to like a Flesh Eater Quartz, where they just get to add models to units. Right. Um, so it, it does change the dynamic of the army a little bit, but it's still a really awesome mechanic, and it brings a little more variety into the game. Exactly. Exactly. And now we're getting to the ones that are the interesting ones. Yeah, the new stuff. Yes. So let's talk about this. I actually, the Zangor Shaman, I, I've i heard people already talking about this with questions, and I've got questions too. Sure. So the Zangor Shaman, he's on the disc. He's flying around at 16, six wounds, six bravery. Bravery is a unit of one, so it doesn't really matter. Um, now, what's interesting... Uh, 
you know, he's got this elixir. He can drink it and cast a second spell, even be the same spell. This rule specifically states that. And you can choose to reroll one or both of the dice when making your casting roll. So you get to roll it, you get to re-roll it. There's, it's, a, it's, a nice, it's a nice ability. Um, all right, so here's what happens. We're talking Boon of Mutation, okay? Casting value of 7. Pick a visible enemy in 18 inches. The unit takes D3 mortal wounds. For each model that is slain by the spell, set up a new Zangor model. If there's already a friendly unit of Zangors within six inches uh, of the unit you picked, add that to the unit. Otherwise, set them up as a new unit within six six inches. Now, a lot of people are already talking about this. Well, that's one to three models, and you have to pay the... Uh, how much is it for a Zangor? They're a buck sixty for ten. Okay, so you got to pay uh, the hundred... Or isn't it 180 for Zangors? Oh, are they? I think it's 180 Either way. Double check. But so I got to pay that 180 for 10. Oh, they are 180, yeah. Yep. Uh, but I'm only getting between 1 and 3. And and this is where I get confused because I read the General's Handbook and I checked on this before I talked about it. And I'm still not 100% certain how I'm supposed to read it. Um, so it says that if you're not going to pull out, put out the full amount, you still got to pay for the full scroll. Right. So my thought is, if I'm paying for the full scroll, because it says how you can add models to it if you've got a unit there. Now, I know you can't add beyond your starting count, right? Correct. But if I pay for a unit of 10 and I've only got one or two or three to put out, is that my starting count and I can't go above that one or two or three? Or can I just keep adding to this one and flesh it out until it hits 10 and then have to stop? Your starting unit size is whatever you set it up as. So So you're stuck. See, now, now... I'd like to see the rule, or the like, it would be whether it be an FAQ or in something to say that because they do this a lot. They start these fresh units, and nobody's going to pay points. And maybe they're just more concerned about narrative play, and they know you won't use this in matched play. But I would love to see them just clarify this and just be like, you know, in match play, if you pay for a unit of ten. That's your max size for that unit. Yeah. You're considered to have, you know, started with that. Because then this isn't so bad. Then I can put a unit down and later on keep him nearby. And if I cast the spell again next turn, I could just add to that. Yeah. I mean, I would still take this guy in a match play setting. Because once the Zangors get into combat, they're two wound guys. And if they get into combat with stuff that's one wound or they're nearby things that are one wound, you can heal that unit once it starts taking casualties with the add to. True. So this keeps your unit in the fight a lot longer, and Zangors get a lot better the more of them there are. Right, and so. I've got no and I've got no qualms with just saying, hey, keep a unit near you for the add to or to replenish. Yeah. Um, but if needs be, and you had to put one out, I've, I've just I've heard several podcasts already this week talking about how well that stinks. I'm never going to get to put it out because I'm not setting aside points for a wound for a whole unit. For a bro. Yeah. Right. But if you could be like, okay, well, I just paid for ten, and I set up a unit that only had three because that was all I could set up. But I could, if you could go up to that size, that would that. You know, that would be cool, I think. That would make 
starting these new units a little more viable of an option outside of, you know, outside of uh, the narrative play. Mm-hmm. That's just me. That was my question. And like I said, I thought it was going to go the way you said it. But yeah. that's what I'm thinking about going, well, it would actually you know, be worth it if it went that way, if they ruled that not that it, that's what it meant, but just, you know, put in a, an addendum or whatever. Um, God, they've got such good stats, too. Yeah. He's got a lot that he can do. He's not a little pushover wizard no. in the least. No. It's just the attack. I mean, not a ton of attacks, but if, if it, it could amount decent to attack, you know, damage D3, I'm just, I'm pleased. Yeah, and it doesn't help that the model's gorgeous. Right. Exactly. 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 All right. Um, Let's see. The Gaunt Summoner, I don't think his rules have changed, have they? No, this is the, it's a copycat of the one on, of the one from the Silver Tower with the familiars. He just costs less points and doesn't have the familiars. Yep. Other than that, it's the exact same cat. That's what I thought, and it's and it's and it's, and it's good. Um, you know, you uh, this this warp tongue blade. I like this thing because if you're fighting big multi wound models, this thing could be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, if the warp tongue blade inflicts damage on an enemy unit, roll two dice. If the roll is higher than their bravery, one model unit is slain. Otherwise, the blade inflicts one wound. Um, big multi-wound models just dropping. Mm-hmm. Because I can roll 2d6 higher than your bravery. That's that's kind of a good thing right there. Yeah, and some like big characters are not that high in the bravery column. Right. Unless they're like a demon or a seraphon. So you can definitely ace something immediately. Exactly. Um, anything else you want to say about this guy? Um, his spell's ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's casting value eight. You pick an enemy unit within uh, 18 inches and you roll a dice for each model in the unit, regardless of whether or not you're in 18 inches of that model, as long as you're within 18 inches of the unit. And you roll a dice for every model in that unit, on a one, and they suffer a mortal wound for each roll you make of a four or more. So you're in theory, you're going to take half a unit off if it's one wound models. Yeah. Just and If it's a monster or a war machine, you get three dice. Yeah, and it only does a couple of wounds to them, but against like a ranked mass infantry unit like Storm Vermin that are really good, but they're only one wound. Executioners, really good, only one wound. This guy is going to say, oh, you're cute. You're dead, but you're cute. <laughs> so I think he's a really good piece, and the model is just absolutely stunning. Oh, yes. Absolutely. All right. What should we do next? Um, uh, Cursling. Um, I like with the Cursling, and he's, you know, five wounds, save four, bravery seven. You know, he's got several attacks. He's not bad. Um, but he shouldn't be too bad because he's got the big beefy body underneath him to do all the attacking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability here, every time the Cursling successfully unbinds a spell, an enemy spell, he can immediately attempt to cast it himself, even though it's your opponent's hero phase. If the spell's cast, your opponent cannot 
attempt to unbind it. That's good. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's, that's so awesome. I unbound it. So sorry. Now I get to throw it back. It's like, you know, I, I, I caught the grenade. I'm now throwing yeah. it back at you, and there is no time to catch it and throw it back at me, baby. You done. Yeah, and with Destiny Dice, how you can manipulate that mechanic. Um, plus, it's just, especially if he gets like the unbind within 27 inches. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Magister, he's, uh, save is not as good, but he moves a little faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he, this guy is not a. I mean, he's, no, he's not a fighter. He's got a one attack weapon. Um, and he's got a a, a ranged one attack weapon too. So yeah, he's he's a, a support piece. For, yeah, made for magicin. Yeah, but he can make spawn out of his uh, spell, which is really awesome. Right. Um, and then. Uh, let's see who else. The Fate Master is the guy that's next. Um, this is no different than the Zinch Lord on a disc, um, but his command ability is really cool. Um, you roll a dice in your hero phase, um, and then anytime him or another Zinch mortal unit within nine inches um, comes up with that result, you can choose to re-roll it. So if you roll let's say like a one that means essentially you get to re-roll all ones yeah or whatever so he's not a wizard but he has a great dice manipulation mechanic well plus you can choose to re-roll it so it's not like oh no i gotta re-roll all sixes oh but if it's a you know oh i will re-roll the six if it's for uh you know an uh, you know uh, uh a battle shock test or something like that yeah so it's got its uses. It just depends on what you roll and you being willing to adapt to it. Right. Giving you all the options is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ogre Thamaturge, I believe he matches his sheet in the game. Yeah, no change there. Right. Um, you know, his ability, if, he's, if, he, if this model takes five or more wounds, add one to all its hit rolls, but subtract one from its casting and unbinding rolls. So yeah. once it gets so, weak, it gets mad and hits harder, but it's not doing so much magic. Yeah. And, oh, I was wrong. It turns out this one is immortal, so he can take the really cool items. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he Neat. was. Uh, yeah, I thought the, he was weird. Yeah, he's got everything. He's mortal, Zinch, Arcanite, so he's got both. Uh, after this model completes a charge, pick an enemy unit within inches. They take D3 mortal wounds because he just hits you with them them horns of his. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fire blast. Yeah. That's a that's an ouchy spell. <laughs> yeah. Cast on a seven, then you pick the unit suffers D7, or I mean, sorry, D6 mortal wounds. D7, what am I saying? D6 mortal wounds. Um, and after you've done the damage, you can set up pink Blue or brimstone horrors within an inch of the target, equal to the number of mortal wounds inflicted. Once again, if I can throw it out there for the size of one scroll and have a chance to increase it up to that basic scroll size, that could be cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a D6 
D6 mortal wounds, which is still not anything to sneeze at. No, exactly. But I just it's it's well, I guess I, I guess throwing out five pink horrors and paying well you're paying for ten, but then five. you got to pay for blues and play for brimstones. And but those have come up as normal, so maybe it is worth it if if you got the points that it's cost. Yeah, setting aside points for all that stuff. It's, it's, you're not having anything on the table at that point. No, you're not. Yeah, so that's I don't know. Uh, all right, Zangors. We're up to Zangors. Two wounds. Five up, save. Yeah. Five bravery. Lots of attacks. Yeah, each one of them gets um, the beak built in, and then these guys have a lot of mixed weapon options. Um, you see this with the acolytes too. Um, so models can either take two savage blades or a Savage Blade and an Arcanite Shield. Two in every five models can take a Savage Great Blade, and no matter what they have, they all have the beak. Um, and then, as if that wasn't enough, one in every five Zangors can be a Zangor Mutant with <laughs> Paired Blades, which gets three attacks rather than two with the blades. It's like, why are there so many options? It's just, it's crazy. It is. I have a question. Go. Because I read this differently than I heard someone. I was listening to a different podcast. I can't remember which one. It's primarily 40K, I think, and then they were dab- they're dabbling. Um, but they had said, now, this can be a mixed unit. And I was like, and as they were describing it, because it says some of the Zangor are armed with paired Savage Blades while others carry a Savage Blade and an Arcanite Shield. Now, I always thought that was it, because I thought it was worded like that in some, with some of the other books, with some other units. So it says, some are armed with a pair of this, and some have a blade and a shield. I don't think that means in the unit. If you take a unit of five of these things, that you can take, oh, one's got a shield and sword, and the other's got uh, two swords. That's uh, exactly what it means. Is it really? How are you going to... Yeah. Okay. Then, oh, that's no, that shouldn't be right. Why? I, I guess I, the way I read it was that you know, hey, some of them are armed with this, and some are, but the unit would be homogenous because now you got a guy with a shield, and then every unit now, okay, so the guy with the shield, I have to do, I have to literally roll every wound because I'm going to put it against that guy first because he's got a better defense. Right. So I got to roll every wound. I got to roll them singly because you can't just roll them all and say, "Well, he saved a bunch of these and these got by." Because that's not how that really works. It's got to go. And so that wouldn't that slow things down? Theoretically, um, you just there's a lot of bookworking or bookkeeping that you're going to have to do with an Arcanite list um, because they have so many different options. Especially if you do go with Zangors and Acolytes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just you're going to have to deal with it. Our boys have to do it, too, for Iron Jaws. They have the exact same rule, where it's chop a shield or two choppas or a big choppa. It's just this is their rules. They let you do what you want. You just have to be okay. willing to work with it. And if that's how it's meant, that's how it's meant. I, just, I guess I just meant you, you could do them this way or some guys do them this way. But in, I just figured in the unit themselves, it would be picking one or the other. Um, yeah, it says that each unit fights with a variety of weapons. If it says that some units 
go into battle with Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess I'm wrong. I just it just seems like that would slow the game down so much. Um, you know, I'm gonna take a guy with a shield and then every time you attack I gotta roll one at a time special for him to see how many of these he can slow down from getting through to the rest of the guys. At just me. I'm not guess I'm I might be assuming the worst, but Well, it's it's a weird thing that we're gonna have to probably get used to as they go into the how you model is you do whatever you think is cool, whatever you think works, and go from there. That's what we're going to have to get used to. That's a new reality, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess. So, a lot more bookkeeping. Uh, anything else we need oh. to talk about this guy? Yeah, with these guys, um, them and the Acolytes can take an Arcanite shield, which is anytime they suffer a wound, um, before you allocate the wound, you roll dice on a six, the shield stops it, which is cool. Um when these guys are within nine inches of an Arcanite hero at the start of the combat phase, they get to add uh, plus one to the wound rolls. So right now they wound on fours and fives. It now goes to threes and fours, nice. depending on the weapon, which is awesome. Um, if they take the paired blades, they get to add plus one to hit. Um, so they go to threes and threes realistically from their basic two swords. Um, the big rule is Savagery Unleashed. So they get to make an additional attack for each model in this unit with its blades for every nine models in the unit to a maximum of three additional attacks. So your basic guy, if you have a team of, like, let's say 30 guys, your basic guy gets five attacks. Can you take 30? Yeah, these guys are 10 to 30. Wait, for the Zangors? Yeah. In match play, they're 10 to 30. Okay, because it says here a unit uh, is five or more models. Yeah. On the scroll. but Okay, that's where I got confused. I thought they were a bigger unit than that. The scroll says five or more. Yeah, yeah you can do one little says, ones. Yeah, and this one says the unit is 10 for 180. Okay, that's much, you know, I sat there and I was looking at these this morning after I wrote it down. I was on, like, on my lunch break. And I'm looking, I'm like, 10 for 180. That's 20 wounds for 180. That's actually not too bad. And I'm sitting here, and it's getting late, and I'm looking at this sheet, and it's like 5 for 180. That's 10. That's that's not good. And how no. are you going to get this 9? You're going to have to pay 360 just to get 10. Uh, of course, I did wasn't talking like that in my head. I'm not drunk in my head. But I was just like, what is this? Yeah. So, okay, that's just that was just confusing to me, and now I'm done asking. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that would be good then, yeah, because a unit of 30 would just be... It's a lot of attacks, and especially if you use Zangor Shamans to fix them, so they can cross back over that threshold. Um, Five attacks for the Savage Blade, and four for the Beak. Well, the Beak doesn't get the bonus, bonus, it's only the Blades. Um, But still, that Great Blade goes up to four attacks. The Savage Blades go up to five, six if it's a Mutant. And you get plus one T-rolls to wound if you're near an Arcanite hero. So, yeah. These guys are definitely going to be a mainstay. And you're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. And they're base battle line, too, for yep. Chaos. So these guys, I think, are going to be featured I in like a lot them. of lists. Oh, yeah. yeah. These guys are great. Yeah. I mean, and, and these guys are in that uh, at least one of those little battalions that I mentioned. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and we should probably talk about their command upgrades because they're actually pretty important for them. Oh, sure. Um, the Brayhorn lets them run and charge. So their movement six, if you... Run uh, and charge in the same turn. Yeah, if you destiny dice the run to make it a six, um, you can potentially charge up to 24 inches with these guys turn one. If you manipulate everything appropriately. So good. And then yeah, the icon bearer is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So at the start of the hero phase, take a die for every wizard within nine inches of the unit. Then pick an enemy unit with an 18 inch and roll those dies. Uh, four more mortal wounds. So if you have a bunch of wizards. Which you can. Which you can. And this, oh, there's so much you can do. Could you pick oh, the size of the army a real dedicated Zinch player would be playing if they were just playing total narrative play? Like just set oh, yeah. up the table and bring, like, bring the neighborhood against me. I'm going to do this. These rules can get so stupid so fast. Yeah, and even if you're inches. yeah, go ahead. Even if you're not doing that, pink horrors are a wizard. That's right. So you just turn the ratchet up to, you know, you've got four units of pink horrors around you plus a couple of wizards. You're suddenly rolling six dice at something, and on a four plus, they do mortal wounds, <laughs> and that's for free. But sure, you know, of course. Yeah. Whatever. These guys, they've got so many cool little neat things. Um, All right. So do we talk about the Kyrick Acolytes now? Yeah, absolutely. One wound, six move, only a six up save, a five up bravery. They get the mixed unit two with the cursed blade, uh, a single cursed blade or pairs cursed blade. Summon said a cursed blade and an Arcanite shield. Okay. I got a question. Go. Some take a single cursed blade, and some takes paired cursed blades, and some take a cursed blade and an Arcanite shield. Who's taking just the blade? Who's Maybe like, I don't nah, like nah. the shield. Really? Because I don't want the bonus. Maybe I just don't like how it looks. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my God. You. Okay. You're being a. You're being a story stinker. I got you. I'm being a. And I'm being a. I'm being a Peter Point player here. So I got you. You're really going to pass up on a shield if you got nothing in your no, hand? No, gods, no. Okay, I'm um, just saying. It but, just seemed when they listed them, I'm like, what? Some could take two or some could take one in a shield. I don't even see the point of listing the, just the single, I suppose, for modeling purposes. Throwing it in there yeah, is nice, but... The guy in the Silver Tower box set, there's one of the Arcanites just has a knife. Oh. Well, yeah, that guy needs rules, too. <laughs> yeah. That's Bob. Bob forgot his shield. <laughs> he wants Good a job, shield. Bob. Too bad. This is Wissywig. He doesn't count. Right. Uh, what else do these guys got? Um, the shield. Actually, what the shield does, roll dice before allocating a wound or mortal wound to a model that has a shield. On a six, it deflects the damage, and the wound is ignored. So if you fail a save roll, you basically get an extra six, don't you? Yep. Okay. Works. Um you can add one to the hit rolls of the Sorcerer's Bolts if you're within nine inches of a Zinch Wizard. That's nice. Um, but these guys can have a Volkark, and this thing's kind of cool. So 
Um, one in ten models may be accompanied by a Volkark, which is that big, ugly vulture guy. Uh, if at least one model in the unit is equipped with a Volkark, roll a die every time an enemy wizard within 18 inches of the unit successfully casts a spell. On a five or six, or a five or more, the wizard suffers a mortal wound as soon as the spell's effects have been resolved. So this thing eats magic. So mm-hmm. basically how it works is if you're nearby and you cast magic, this thing will take off and attack you. And on a five or six, it does a mortal wound because it's pecking out an eyeball or biting off a finger. Mm-hmm. I like these guys, too. Yeah. Yeah. They've got all sorts of good going on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that, I forgot the one thing, you know, because... Uh, Oh, paired curse blades is not it's it's not it's not re rolling ones to hit. Add one to hit rolls. Yeah, so they become three four instead of four four. Right. Um and then the other option they get is a scroll of dark arts. Yep. Um so one in ten can carry a scroll and one in ten can carry a Volkark, and then another one in ten can carry a scroll, so you can do a mix um into the unit. Right. Um and if you take a scroll, you increase their Sorcerer's Bolt shooting attack from 12 inches to 18. So, realistically, they have an 18-inch shooting attack, because you're going to take it. Right. That hits on a 4, because you're going to be near a Zinch wizard, because, well, that's what they do. Um, Hits on 4, wounds on 4, after you move. So, they have effective 24-inch shooting range, um, which is really cool. And then the Witchfire Coven lets each unit of Acolytes in that Italian shoot in the hero phase too. So it's like right. a cunnin ruck, but yeah. not as obnoxious. So I got a question, another question. Go. I'm looking at this box of Karak Acolytes that I got from GW. Yeah. And on the back of the box, it shows them in all their different arrays. There's the guy holding the cursed blade with a shield. There's a guy holding a cursed glaive. Um, it looks like he's holding a cursed glaive and a shield, even though it says they're double-handed. Uh, the other one's holding a cursed glaive in two hands. He's got the shield on his back. Uh, the Kyrick Adept is holding a scroll of the arts in one hand, a cursed blade in the other hand, and the shield on his back. Now, it just I just as I looked at the models, it made me wonder. It's like, so... If I've got the Volkark or if I'm holding the scroll, does that mean I can still just throw the shield on my back and count as having a blade and shield? Yes. Good. So if you just put the shields on everybody's back, you can't have double blades and shields. But like the guy with the Volkark or the guy with... The the, scroll. Yeah, with the scroll. Now, they show the picture of the guy with the cursed glaive, which is the two-handed one. But it doesn't say you can take a cursed glaive and a shield. Can't, does it? It doesn't say that's not a list. So that's modeling for I like what it looks like. That's not on the options list. So that's why. Okay. I'm, it's, it's late. I admit it. And, uh, and I'm tired. And so I'm, maybe I'm being slow. But I'm, as I read it, I just want to make sure that I got this straight as I'm looking at this stuff. And you're always the smart one. Mm. Well, that's sometimes. debatable. Um, Will you take some No, sure. Okay. And they put out a model kit that doesn't necessarily match the description of the unit because they shouldn't have those options, but they clearly modeled them with them. 
Right. So, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, we're, we're down to the last couple of profiles here. I think we've got, uh, well, three, including the Chaos Spawn. So, here's the Enlightened and the Sky Fires. Units of three. Cost 160 points for the unit of three. Um, the Enlightened, they um, they can be on a disc, and if they're on a disc, their movement just gets boosted all to heck. Um, and, and they get a and they bonus get an extra wound. wound. Yeah. Which basically and then they become demons. Yeah. Well, because that thing is just a stretched out, shape, misshapen uh, a screamer. So yep. why not? Um, all right. So the Enlightened, they have the babbling stream of secrets. Enemy unit within nine inches fails a Battleshock test. They lose, extra, they lose an extra model. So that's not bad. Uh, if the unit's within nine inches of a Zangor Shaman at the start of the combat phase, add one to all hit rolls you make for their... Uh, Zinchian spear and vicious beak and vicious beak attacks. So that's not bad. They become threes to hit if you're near a, a, a shaman. Um, and then here's that guided by the past. The other one's got the future. These guys have the past. They can reroll all failed hit and wound rolls if there's any enemy units within three inches that already attacked. So they can. So if you just wait until the guy you're playing against goes first against that unit, they suddenly are re-rolling all failed to hit into wound rolls. Now, it might not be a good idea. There might be something really butchery, and you're like, oh, I don't want to wait until that thing hits me. Yeah. But it's one of the things that it makes your opponent consider their order very particularly. True. Um, the other thing is if you do an effective pile-in to another unit, you could wind up being within three inches of them and get mm-hmm. It's just good. Um, yeah, everything good about this. Um, the, I just, I like, I like everything here. I know I like everything. I always like everything. Yeah, but even the models for these guys are just yeah. ridiculous. So good. Uh, let's switch over to the Skyfires because the Skyfires have the, you know, the weapon, uh, but they also have a, a missile weapon. You know, with a 24-inch range, with ain't bad. And that's a D3 damage, so. Yeah, it's got some neat tricks. I mean, it's an effective 40-inch threat range, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Never mind that these guys fly and they're up high, so they can see a lot of things. Um, and because they're guided by the future in combat, you can reroll all fail to hit and wound rolls for the unit if uh, no enemy incident 3 have already attacked. Now, this so is the exact opposite. Go. If nobody's attacked, they can reroll. Yeah. So it plays on a fluff rule, which is awesome. Right. Um, and then the they get a plus one to hit in the shooting phase if they're within nine inches of a shaman, kind of like how the Zangor Enlightened are in combat. Um, but their shooting attack is if they roll a six to hit or more, the attack sequence ends and the target suffers D3 mortal wounds. So you don't have to roll um, the wound if you can hit hit on a six, and you're already adding one to hit rolls by being near. So that's on a five. A shaman. On a five or six, you do D3 mortal wounds. 
So if you have three guys in the unit, you're going to get essentially on average one that's going to go through as a hit and another one that's going to do an automatic D3 mortal wounds. Or if you cheat in a couple destiny dice, you know, you can just pick characters off like they're nothing. Yeah, that's that can be brutal, isn't it? I mean, if you want to spend all the destiny dice on it, but you know, sometimes why wouldn't you? That character's got an ability I don't want. Get him off the table. Mm Hmm. Yeah, if you've got a target of opportunity, you take it. So good. Yeah, don't worry about those dice because you're probably if you're worried about those dice, you probably pick the ability that lets you just cast the spell to, to put more dice up there anyway. Hmm. Um. Now, the last thing is a spawn, and it's still got that you know random charge, random move distance. Uh, you know, five wounds, ten bravery. 2d6 attacks, 4s by 4s, 1 damage, nothing super great. But if you roll a double when figuring out how many attacks you make, then those are 3s by 4s instead of 4s by 4s, because reasons. Mm-hmm. So that's did a little spawny spawn thing there. Uh, okay, we, we, we went through everything, and, I, you know, we kind of... Raced through it a little bit. I didn't sit, you know, I don't want to sit and read every stat off of every line, but all their special no. abilities. And, dude, how many of them sounded similar and how many of them start overlapping? I'm near a wizard here, I'm near a wizard there. That's why you're taking, like, as many wizards as you can mm-hmm. and spacing them out because suddenly it's like, oh, suddenly I'm getting extra attacks and I'm hitting better. And, oh, this, I just, I haven't had time. Because I've been, you know, teaching all week. I haven't had time to sit down and figure out how brutal this can get. I know you've been working on it. Yeah. Um, So with these guys, there's the variety of things that you can do with this particular army. Because it's all based on the keyword zinch. Right. Um, It lets you ally in a couple of interesting things out of Grand Alliance Chaos. Which is anything Slaves to Darkness um, that can take the Zinch keyword. Um, anything Demons of Chaos that can take the Zinch keyword, like a Demon Prince or um, a Soul Grinder, which would be really cool. Um, but also you can put in Archeon. Um, <sighs> so Archeon has the keyword for all of the Z- all the Chaos Gods. Um, the Varengard don't, so... If you're trying to keep Zinch to get the battle trait for the Destiny Dice, then you can't take the Varengard. But if you have Archeon on the table and he goes in swinging with the Slayer of Kings because he's Zinch, if you have a couple of sixes in the Destiny pool, um, he can cut somebody's head off and just send them away, no questions asked, by just expending a couple Destiny Dice, which is rude. Um <laughs> And totally just, worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it's he's one of those weird characters that, especially if they start doing this more, that can go into any of the lists of the four major gods, and he can get nifty abilities. He just can't take his cool knights with him. Which, okay, I'll take it. Especially how it's set up right now where I can auto-cap somebody with a Slayer of Kings and not 
have it like not do anything. Whereas I've played against Arcan a couple of times and I've never seen him auto cap anything. And now it's suddenly <laughs> a real threat every time he's on the table. If it's a Zinch list. Um, it's just, it's rough. I mean, because suddenly he can be insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, it already was, there was a chance of insanity. Now it's just like, oh yeah, I've got destiny dice. It's just going to get dumb. Yeah. So that's a cool thing to sub in. Demon Prince is a Zinch. Because they are wizards and they're relatively fighty, they can kind of fill that weird gap with the fighting caster. So that's yep. cool, too. Um, there's a couple of battalions in here that we didn't go over. Um, the Witchfire Cult, we kind of, or the Witchfire Coven, we kind of went over. Where the Arcanites. Well, you know what? Let's take a break because then we can kind of oh, talk sure. about the ones we like and we'll talk about your list. Because we, we have totally forgotten to take a break as we've been sitting and chatting about all these. All the different cool abilities that we just kept running through and running through. So let's take a break because I need one before I die. And uh, once we do that, uh, we'll come back and, and do the rest of our little tidbits. So we'll be back in a minute, folks. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we are back. Talking army lists and tricks with disciples of Zinch because they're cool. Because they are. Now, let's talk about some of those war scrolls that we liked because you were talking about them. I know I'd marked a couple that I liked. Yeah. Um, the Witchfire Coven is my personal favorite. It's just you get to double tap with the acolytes in the hero phase, they all get to shoot. Yeah, I mean, and the, the shoot that 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 the shot they get isn't the greatest. It's five by fours, you know, no red, one wound. But by the time you again. yeah, and by the time you stack the buffs on them, it's an eighteen inch range that hits on a four. Um, so realistically, you're putting out. I'm my initial plan is to do two units of twenty to make the formation because you need two units of acolytes. Right. So that's going to be eighty bolts. Realistically, two units of forty. Two units of twenty. Oh, I think it's a twenty. I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think it's two units of forty. All right. So no, two units of twenty, um, and then that's eighty shots that forty guys put out, which is a lot of shots. Um, but they're no rend. 
it's not nearly as obnoxious as like the Cunnan Ruck, which puts out <laughs> a lot. Um, and then the other requirement is a unit of Zangor Enlightened, which I was going to take anyway, because they're really good. <laughs> cool, yep. So it's the thing with these battalions is this is stuff that you would be taking anyway, and none of them for the Arcanites require a hero, except for the hero battalion. So this is all units that you were going to take anyway, but now you get to do nifty things with them. Yeah. Yeah, I I like I like that a lot. The witch coven. The other one that I liked is um the Zangor coven. Yeah. Okay, so a unit of Zangor, a unit of Zangor enlightened and a unit of Zangor skyfires. Okay? Um if the unit of Zangors from a coven is within nine inches of the Enlightened or the Skyfire at the start of the hero phase, they can pile in an attack as if it was a combat phase. If it's within both of them, then you can add one to the to wound rolls when they attack. Oh, and just for good measure, ferocious beak attacks made from a Zangor coven wound on a four instead of a five. Mm-hmm. So you're piling in on the hero phase. You got a half chance to hit instead of a third chance to hit with the beaks. Um, add one to their to wound rolls, which suddenly goes. From, I mean, this is for forty points. Yeah, they all wound on twos with most of their weapons. <laughs> if you get like, if they're near an Arcanite hero, you get to add one to the wound rolls. If they're within this formation, they get to add. One to the two wound rolls, so you're right. hitting on fours, wounding on twos. Uh, neat. Yeah, and you're getting to do that during the hero phase. That's yeah. out of sequence. I just piled in and got a set, whole set of attacks in, and it's my turn. So when I actually, if, you know, if it's if I'm fighting something that might actually hurt them, then when it gets to the combat phase, I'll just attack with them first anyway, pile it in, just smash and, and, and smash. And that's, once again, 40 points. Like yeah. if you have a unit of Zangor and a unit of Enlightened and a unit of the Skyfires, which I, I think if you like the Zangor models, you're gonna have them. Mm-hmm. You got to be a fool not to spend the forty points on this. Oh yeah, most of these formations and stuff you have to be a fool not to take if you're taking this army anyway. Right. So, and then you get extra items of which they have a plethora, mm-hmm. and you oh, get yeah, to do a you get the lot extra of items for each one of these. Yeah. Uh, Sky Shoal Coven I wasn't all that impressed with. Um, the Warp no. Flame Host. Did you look at For this the, one? Oh, yeah, the Flamer Formation? Yeah. So you get yeah, one that's, Exalted... That's okay. You get, one, well, you get one Exalted Flamer, and then three or more units from a list of Exalted Flamers, Flamers, and Burning Chariots, okay? Roll a dice for each enemy unit within nine inches of a unit from this host on a six, they take D3 mortal wounds. Now, it's on a six, so it's not great. But the point is, if you've got these guys spaced out a bit, like, it's got a nine-inch reach. So at 18 inches apart, if you take just the base minimum, if you, if and it, once again, it's one of these things where if you're taking it already, you know, why wouldn't you? This is a 30-point scroll, by the way. Okay. <coughs> It's a 30-point scroll. If you've got an Exalted Flamer 
and then basically three other units of flamers or chariots. I put one nine inches up and nine inches in from the corner and one 18 inches off of that, Eighteen, and I make a box out of these four. I've got basically uh, essentially um, 36 by 30. I got a three foot by three foot block where every unit is taking a roll to suffer D3 mortal wounds. Every unit you've got. Mm-hmm. And that's if you take the minimum. If you happen to yeah. light flamers and you take more, start spreading them out farther. You, you're literally, yeah. if you, it's the minute you go past four of them, you're, you've got just about half the board. Half mm-hmm. the board during the hero phase. On a six, you take D3 mortal wounds. Now, once again, it's only a six, but when it's half the board, and if there's a bunch of units, okay, you're gonna you're gonna just ugh. what else? Yeah. Um, any of these other ones you really like? Because I got one or two other ones uh, that I did I did that I did enjoy that I wanted to talk about. Um, no, the you mean the Alterkin, um. Which is the easiest thing to do, which is Acolytes, Zangors, and Skyfires. Um, and this is one in each of the hero phases, you roll an enemy unit. Roll dice for each enemy unit within three inches of a unit from the Alterkin. And on a six, they take D3 mortal wounds and make Zangors. So. Um, now, once again, and you don't have to actually put them out and pay for them. You could just opt not to. You still get the D3 yeah. wounds. Or add or to you the unit of Zangor right the there unit. to fix them. Right. So, and it's, again, one of those things. I'm going to take these three units anyway. Let's do something with them. And Alterkin is costs, 20 points. Yeah. And you put three units down for the drop of one. You get an extra item on one of your characters. What's not to love? That's That's one of the cool things about this is we've already named four of them. That's 150 points for these four Total, and you've got four extra items. You've got all these cool things. Um, now, the multitudinous host. If you're, pl- and if you're, oh, <laughs> this is screaming. Make me narrative. Make me narrative. Oh yeah, oh, this has cow. to be narrative. It's crazy in in matched play. You'd have to have a bajillion extra points put aside, or just create like little brimstone horrors or something like that. Or um, you just consign to add to instead of yeah, make new. No, because here's it. Uh, one herald. Eight or more units of pink, blue, and brimstone. So you and you can't just put all pinks because a you're not going to have that many, and b that's a lot of points. But you throw this thing out, and basically, so I've got one herald and eight units of horrors of any color. Um, so concentrated is the change magic, okay? That they start multiplying like crazy in each hero phase. Add D six models to each unit of pink horrors and or blue horrors, and add D three models to each brimstone horror unit. So you can only max them out. So actually, it doesn't even cost you anything extra in in match in in match play, as long as you're fixing dead models. Yeah, but that's I mean during the hero phase, I'm putting D six back on eight units. Yeah, that's okay, eight and it's D6 only thirty models points back. Yes, for 30 points, I get 8d6 models every hero phase. Yeah. And if you're playing in, if you're playing narrative play, it's not, there's not even a cap. No. 
You know, my. You need a lot of pinkies. Oh gosh, my inner zombie grow list self is just crying. He's just like, go play that. Yeah, Dave needs a lot of horrors. I think is what you're saying because then when they die, they make more. Because they make the blues. Yeah, and then they make the brimstones. Yeah, oh. that's uh, that's only like what twelve million horrors. Yeah. Totally okay. Oh my god, that's just dumb. <laughs> That's it just can be. dumb. First of all, you couldn't afford to pay for it, so you wouldn't be creating any more horrors in match play. In narrative play, eight units of ten horrors is 80 horrors. As they die, they just start creating blue horrors, which is going to be 160 blue horrors. Every unit you're putting back D6, which are dying and creating more blue horrors. And then those dynamic brimstone. It just doesn't stop. That's, that's I mean, dumb. I mean, that's just yeah? dumb. You need at least 100... Pink horrors. You need what? Two hundred blue. Oh no, that's worse. At than a minimum, zombie. that's worse than the zombie project. Get out of here. So, if anybody's listening that has that many, we want to hear about it. Oh yeah. If you play, if you the play this in a narrative host, event, I want to see a picture. Yeah, keep, and I want someone to keep track of the numbers. Somebody write down the math. I want the math, boys. Do the math. Uh, if you're going really magic heavy, you might take the Overseer's Fate Twisters. <laughs> Sorry, that name's funny. I know, that's a bad name. That Now, this one's 80 points. And this one, it's a Lord of Change and eight or more units from any of these. Horror Hero. So anything that's a horror that's a... what is What is a horror? I mean, is that just... It's uh, looking at the keywords horror hero. So you're looking at, um, I think, the change, or the Herald of Zinch, uh Changeling, and the Blue Scribe. Okay, so you can take, well, Changeling and Blue Scribe you can only have one of, but and you can Herald. also take Heralds. So up to uh, eight or more. Uh, also Exalted Flamers and Burning Chariots. So Which will be a little easier. Yes, but okay, if you're going magic heavy, at the start of each hero phase... Add one die to your destiny dice pool while at least one model from this battalion is on the battlefield. In addition, you can substitute die rolls that you've already made while you have while you have while this battalion has nine or more models. Not units, models. Well, these are all single model units anyway, so okay, so as long as you've got Not nine or- the exalted. Oh, the Exalteds have... They're one plus. Oh, that's right. Okay. But so every hero face, you get a, a, a free destiny die, and you can literally choose to, use, choose to use them after you roll if you've got a bunch of these. So it's like, oh, I mean, there's no point in using them until after you see if you need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then don't forget, if the Lord of Change from this battalion is on the battlefield, then in each of your hero phases, you can re-roll the result of one of the dice in your Destiny dice pool. So if, you, if you've got like that random two or three that's not going to be doing it for you, yeah, I could just re-roll this Destiny die. I don't, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all big armies with lots and lots of points being spent on them. So a lot of these are really geared toward narrative play. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Yeah. 
Um, if you just take Kairos and three more Lords of Change, <laughs> then you can take the Omniscient Oracles. What are these fools? This one is a 60-pointer. Um, you can reroll hit, wound, and save and run rolls of one, as well as any dice rolls of one on the charge. So you can... Re- okay, why, why would they word it that way? Whatever. Uh, so basically, all your Lords of Change and your Fate Weaver can reroll hit, wound, save, run, and charge rolls of one. Actually, that's not all that great. But if you're taking four Lords of Change, you're a maniac. You better be able to reroll your ones. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know what else is in here. Nothing that I'm looking that is really grabbing me. Yeah, um, that was kind of the bulk of it for at least what I saw. Yeah. So, and a lot of these are then, they, they become the cults. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the multitudinous holes. One herald and eight or more units. Let's just stick with pinkies. You know, we were talking about it here. Uh, one herald. The cheapest herald's 120. Uh, disc or no. And then eight units of the smallest unit of pink horrors you can take is 140. So eight. Uh, that's eight. eight 11, 20. Plus one twenty was that twelve forty I think twelve forty twelve forty for that just madhouse full of thing but then you got to pay for all that extra so you're probably not taking much more than that because if you're paying for all those you'd have to pay for the blue you'd have to put aside points for the blue uh, and the pink or blue and the brimstones right and I'm just trying to. Find the points on those. So you need 80 of that. That would be another 400 for horrors. No, it would be double that. So another 800 for horrors. And because uh, 80 would be 160 and then 160 times that. Uh, boy, that's just, that's a lot. Yeah, that's putting you in, that's putting you way high, but you can start that first of all. Um, yeah, and that's not including if you do reality blinks. Um, <laughs> to get the pinkies back in the unit. But oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. That's just crazy. Because <laughs> I started looking at the points for some of these, and I'm like, dude, you can. This would have to be narrative. One Lord uh-huh. of Change and eight heroes. The cheapest hero on this list is uh, 120. So again, you're going with 960 plus a Lord of Change. You're going. Well, I mean, you can take the Exalted Flamers, which are cheaper. Um, no, it's the but, cheapest is 120. That's what I'm saying. The cheapest oh. one on the list is 120, which, you know, eight of those is 960 points plus the 300 points for the Lord of Change. You're looking at 1260 um, for for that one, the Lord of Change, and then just and that's all. Heroes and and exalted flamers, so it's like you actually you still got to take three units of battle line in there just to play that. So yeah, that's those are just crazy. Those are crazy. Okay, enough of that. Enough of me sitting there <coughs> being Peter points when we're trying to be we're trying to be uh you know story stinkers. So let's hear your lists, man. Okay, um, so for me it kind of centers on the Witchfire Cabal. Okay, um. I really enjoy the Arcanites, so that's why I'm kind of focusing on that. 
Um, so for that, you need the two units of Arcanite, or the two units of Acolytes, and then the unit of Enlightened. I'm going to put those on discs, because there's no reason not to put them on foot. Or not to put them on discs. Right. Um, I don't understand why there's an option, but, you know, do your thing. Whatever makes you happy. Um, so it starts with that. Um, and then I'm going to put in two, at least two units of Skyfires, three packs. So this way I can fly them around where I need them. Um, and then they're going to have a shaman to run around behind them, kind of like a wing. Okay. Um, moving along, shooting things, so they get their bonuses. Um, the other uh, battle line will either be two units of pink horrors, um, ten each, to hang back with the acolytes, put another gunboat on there, another objective runner, um, or it's going to be a 20-pack of Zangors with a few other points getting moved around. Okay. Um, cause Zangors are really good and Zangor shamans make them better <laughs> in every way possible. Um, and then for like other characters, I mean, there's going to be two Zangor shamans in the list, at least plus, um, a cursling. Um, he's one of the two characters in this list that can unbind two spells a turn and right. cast two spells. And I think he benefits the most from a lot of these rules. <laughs> um, in addition to the Gaunt Summoner, the Gaunt Summoner is pretty cool, but he's kind of squishy. The Cursling is probably pound for pound, I think, the better of the characters you can take besides the Thaumatage um, or the Fate Master. I mean, you have options is the problem, is you just run into too many options. Yep, um, yep, yep. If I'm going Demon Heavy, it's going to be a Lord of Change. I think he's the first thing in the list and probably a Soul Grinder. Um, just to, with the ability to set dice, you deal so much damage with the Soul Grinder, um, with the different weapons options that he has, um, being able to guarantee hits with his guns, or hitting as hard as you possibly can, because he's got a D6 damage track on one of his gun on one of his weapons. So guaranteeing six damage out of an attack is pretty okay. Pretty, um, yeah. So, and then I do like pink horrors. I think they're really cool. They have a lot of shooting and they're wizards. So they can pump up a lot of other units that require wizards. They can do unbinding attempts without risking your hero wizards. Um, I think there's just too many options, but I definitely think you're going to see a lot of the Skyfires and Enlightens on the table. Um, and they're going to be on the discs because then they get demon keywords. So they synergize with all the demons the Zangor Shaman will be there, too, because he synergizes with demons, because he also has the demon keyword. Um, I don't know. I think you're going to... And then that's just, like, the Arcanite and demon stuff, but, like, mortal stuff. I think you'll see a War Shrine of Zinch, definitely. It only bumps Zinch mortal units, so it doesn't hit the Zangors, although I really wish it did. Um, yeah. So, you have a lot of options and it's just exploring which ones you like. And I mean, there's no bad choices. The only real downside to this particular army is they don't have a lot of attacks with rend and they don't have a lot of saves. So they're kind of built like a gun line, but yeah, you can definitely play a combat heavy. If you go Zangor Warflock heavy. Um, but again, you kind of have to pick and choose 
where you're fighting and what you're going against based on your weapons. So it's just realistically, there's just so much you can do with this. And if you want to go, you know, nuts and put in Archeon, you go right ahead. You know, do your thing. I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> um, but I think... You ain't going to make any friends with that combo, but... Ugh. No, no. Um, so you have a lot of options. It's just a matter of what appeals to you with Zinch and just rolling with it. I yep. don't think you have a lot of bad choices. I mean, even Brimstone Horrors, a lot of people are going to poo-poo on them, but they're the cheapest model in the game per model. There's nothing else that you can get 10 of for 40 points. Yeah. And in so many scenarios where it requires like having more models near objectives for having this little poo-poo unit of very tiny things and there's a lot of them all right that can hide behind cover and you can't physically see these things because they're so short i think they're gonna be more another good point yeah i didn't even think about that i think they're gonna be more potent than people give them credit for because to get 20 models for 80 points squatting on objectives that's a big deal this so oh this book's got everything man it really yeah, it does. does it's the first time it is the first time that one of these books have come out and i mean i've liked the other books and i've you know it's like oh i'd like to build that i'd like to do that this literally has me going rethinking and going maybe i need to completely rethink what i said earlier in the last episode about what my hobby stuff's going to be you know, do I want to think about scrapping other plans for this? And then I got to tell myself, no, you have plans and you don't need to buy all this stuff. Because once I start with this, I ain't going to stop. There's going to be way too much to buy to build all this crazy stuff. Yeah, it's one thing if like you're building like Iron Jaws where you only have so many options. With this format for a Chaos God, you have entirely too many options. So... It's just playing around until you get the combination that you like, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just a matter of what do you like. Exactly. Well, you know, I think I don't know. I think we've kind of hit everything. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know that there's much more, much else more to hit. We've gone on forever. So, yeah. oh gosh, I'd like to sit and talk about this for another half hour. Just talk about lists and things you could put together and synergies. We're going to have to revisit this. In fact, I'm thinking maybe. Maybe next episode or something like that. If we've got a couple more lists put together, if we've tried a, a few things, or if we've looked at a few things, maybe we'll do a little segment of just all the different weird things we can do and the synergies we found. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'd be game for that. Right. Um, I know next episode we're probably be talking Packa too. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll be right after Packa. We'll talk a little Packa. We'll do this and uh, maybe talk a few other things. So. Um, all right, I think that's about it, folks. Folks, thanks for listening. Alex, thanks for joining the Garage Hammer crew on a permanent basis. This is so exciting. I'm so happy. Yeah. Lindsay's happy, is... too. She's tired of carrying me. She said I needed help. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would I would agree with the hockey puck. Um, but, no, it's been great. I'm really looking forward to many more episodes. Um, me, too. 
And folks, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in back here in February. We'll be talking about PACA and February is flesh eater. February is what it's looking like. So there should be a hint of where we're going unless something really crazy insane just pops out of nowhere. But I got a feeling we'll be finishing up January in the beginning of February. So folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. <laughs>